Hello, Dragon Tamers, and welcome to Enter the Dragoner's Den, where Heracross definitely needs Aerial Ace. I am the veteran Taco Dog, joined by the 12-time legend, Jet Force Gemini. I love how out of context that is. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we were talking about Heracross. Welcome to the conversation. I definitely think Heracross definitely needs another move besides Rock Blast. It would be fun. Anyway, if you're new around here, we're a Pokemon Go PvP podcast that talks 99% of the time about the Battle Frontier and play Pokemon and 1% on side tangents. Results may vary. Exactly. We never know what we're going to get involved into. So Jet, I got to ask, how was your week? Well, it got way more exciting when I saw how many upsets there were in Battle Frontier. Yep. Unfortunately, we were on the... Spoiler alert, we were on the losing side of... <laughs> of the upsets (laughs) that was less exciting but you know we we can we can learn from it hopefully but yeah just continuing to do my best with the the puppy in the house so we're here we're we're doing the thing everyone is still alive and kicking that is excellent i'm glad to hear that everyone's alive and kicking over there how you doing you know it's been a fun couple of days i had i was at charge bug community day it was the first community day i didn't go downtown since like april and i got i got some shinies i won my showcase because nobody plays at the local park they were all downtown so it was easy easy uh things i got a lot of charge tms do you do you have a trio of showcase stops that you can win reliably or is it just one unfortunately well there's because there's technically two parks, I get two that I can reliably win at. Okay. The third so one, I, I just don't feel like numbers. going. <laughs> yeah. And then Sunday, we had I had the first play Pokemon Cup in Iowa City, and I was the only one that was there for Go because some of the TCG crowd went, and it was an interesting time. We'll talk about that in the second half of the episode. <laughs> It and does. I, it does make me want to go back and see if anything is actually formed up nearby yet. Well, you know, there is that template that the the mods borrowed from me to kind of get get the ball rolling. If you ever want to double check or you know just send it out to any card shop that's willing to listen. Uh huh. <laughs> you just want to go and play. You don't want to set it up, do you? I mean, I don't, I don't mind that, but that's, it's a different level of effort. It's more of just checking to make sure that I am not just missing them because I forget to check the map. <laughs> All right, note to self: tell Jet to check the map once a month. Okay, the note has been put. But yes, Jet, you, I was going circling back for a moment and saying that there was a lot of upsets. Unfortunately, that like. Like last week and the week before, there are so many upsets that we cannot cover all of them in one time or in one episode. But, you know, last week we gave pools four, five, and six some love. This week we should probably look at pools one, two, and three again. Overall, glad that we at least have our format figured out so we can give some scores for everyone and not just, like, play catch-up all the time. It's like, uh... (laughs) Absolutely, I hear that. But before we do that, we do have some Niantic news. Community Day was announced a couple of hours ago as of this recording. It's Conkeldor, which is a meh 
Pokemon. It's Brutal Swing, which is an Elemental Punch clone. But who cares about that, honestly? I'm going to go ahead and say <laughs> it's Triple Stardust, y'all. Like, Triple Stardust time. Like, let's go. I, I don't know about you, but I'm still sitting on a bunch from the, the 4X event. True. I did d dip below my 2 million. I'm at 1.6 million now from building up Pokemon that I will not reveal at this time. I will uh, say it was one was a charger bug. Makes sense now that it is rocketed up the ranks. What, yeah, so one was charger bug, one and then I was just kind of dilly-daddling with build I caught some new Pokemon. I caught a rank 4 lantern during the league challenge last week, not the league cup, like the day after we recorded and it was at level four and I said, yeah, I don't care. I'm powering this thing up to 1500. So that, that took some dust out of my, out of my reserves, but it's triple stardust. So my goal is going to be to get to 2.5 million, which I've done before. Like been there, been there, done that. Yeah, it is. It is exciting to have a good opportunity to get the XLs done for a Kinkelder. Like I, I went and checked and I have about half going towards maxing one out so just getting that done will be nice even if it's it's just gonna be sort of okay <laughs> it's like I, I do wonder where it'll fit in what is essentially like a pretty hard fairy meta currently but we'll see I'm, I'm sure I'm sure it'll show up and surprise people and be just fun to be at very least slightly more viable I think it'll be a good master premiere Pokemon to kind of break up the Excadrills and the Metagross lines. But it, yeah, you're all right. It will have to watch out for Togekiss unless you want to be super spicy and run counter Brutal Swing and Stone Edge, which it's a thought. Yeah, you, you got to give something up. So <laughs> um, your build reminded me, though, that I guess maybe we should stop in on the updated rankings quickly just for the especially aurora oh yes well i mean both of them it's moved up considerably i don't know if it will affect savannah quite as much even though it is very high and you can do serious damage to a lot of the contenders the the aurora one of course was the big surprise it rocketed up to number one i don't know where it was ranked beforehand i'm sure somebody will correct or will correctly tell us where it was well and, so. and we know your opponent from last week ran it with with spark you know they they kept it real they they didn't try to pull a fast one with volt switch so that was appreciated yeah but i figured had they done that i would have turned that one two into a two one you know <laughs> at, at very least but yeah ggs to my opponent they did very very well but yeah so in aurora cup or the Aurora Field, Chargebug went from meh to I am number one. Look at me. I am the captain <laughs> now, Chrysalia. Zero to hero in, in no time flat. Yeah, move over, Palafin. But yeah, it just, aside from Regirock and Auroras, it can completely dominate the top 15. I want to say 15 meta on PvP poke. Just, just opening the tab itself i guess it's worth mentioning you know just partly by virtue of being a bug i'm sure but 
that it's 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 still not a Alola Ninetales answer and like a tongue like you're you're leaving it in farm down range for something else which is sometimes useful but you're not winning switchback which is okay also i'm not sure how much reggie rock is actually occurring in aurora i we can check we have tabs for this actually <laughs> to be quite frank i have yet to see a reggie rock on our opponent's team it's it's decent it's it's on 33 percent of teams Dang, that is really impressive. So the fact that we've had, well, I don't, I don't even know if your statement is true, but <laughs> it was not super high comparatively, at least on our opponent's teams. Okay, fine. Me personally, Where, I have. Not whereas seen. it's, it is number one in Savannah, so that is also a factor in why I'm thinking it won't be quite as crazy. Is that the number one over there is the Reggie Rock and it's getting used the most out of anything. I don't I don't know about in games, but as far as on teams, it is there and ready. Yeah, but in, in the Savannah field, Charger Bug does have to compete with Buzzwool and Trash Wormerdam for that bug slot. But, you know, maybe some mad lads will run triple bug because mm. why not? It is It is worth mentioning too that for whatever reason in the savannah meta the default set is x's or crunch as opposed to the discharge so just interesting tidbit there maybe it's because both x's are in crunch you need three and discharge is four maybe i'm double checking i'm gonna fact check myself in real Cause time because the, the the thing that matters i guess is that you're still beating Polyrath even with resisted charge moves. Wait, I need to I need to switch this one. I forget it's set on power up punch. Gets me every time. Okay, well, it's, they... it's closer with Scald. But still still a win for Charger. Yeah, discharge is forty-five energy. So it would still be So it'd still be three. But I think maybe it's because there's more electric Pokemon in the Savannah field that you really don't need it to run electric types, especially with like a hard hitting move and volt switch. I'm not entirely sure, but that's my my thought process behind it. Yeah. I'm more mentioning it just because that that'll be what is showing up in your team builders for this week is that particular move set. Interesting. Okay. So now with the update to the field taken care of, now we can dive into the standings the... yes thank you i am <laughs> totally just whiffing it today hey and we our friends are still hanging out near the top yep so top was it we did top 10 last time right <laughs> we did top five okay top five <laughs> and and like like last week we have six in the top five yep still still as normal oh in the top five or top six at this point, we have Barktown Boomers and Muddy Water tied for number one, Sky Dragons Gaming and Acopolyps tied oh. for third, and then Deoxys Alberta Form and Hoosier Daddies are currently tied for fifth. Wow, that was the easiest top five ever. And and again, half of those teams are in pool one, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, one of the top teams in pool one lost this week. 
So they immediately got demoted to the lower bracket, but they're still better than one of the top twos and a wild card. Currently sitting all the way down there in 15th and 17th place, or 16th and 17th place, respectively. So I will say just like the fact that there's only one pool that polarized out of the six is is still pretty impressive. Yeah. I I can definitely get behind that. So good job on I mean, I'm surprised that Barktown Boomers is keeping up with Muddy Water. They're they're definitely keeping each other honest. But we'll definitely have to dive in and see who's gonna fight who next week. But currently Let's dive into pool number one. Should should we review four, five, six quickly just for scores and then do the one, two, three? Yes. Ignore what I said. We're moving on <laughs> into pool number four. We're we're very well settled into our routine with this new format, obviously. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun time. So it turns out that the tie between backstage ballers and lucky mucks has finally been broken. That four points separates these two teams, and they're still sitting atop one and two. Stadium Emperors takes up the third spot, and Home Slice Homies is one of the bubble teams sitting in fourth place. But in week three, we had Lucky Mucks take a 10 to 11 victory over Rose Slark Bow. Backstage Battlers destroyed the Coastal Kings 15 to 6. Stadium Emperors wins a close matchup against Fletch Cinderella Story 13 to 8. And finally, Home Slice Homies defeats Great Unknown fourteen to seven. I don't, I don't, I don't know how how much violence we're choosing today, but you should you should look at the Master League matchup from Backstage and Coastal Kings at some point. I don't think I want to, but I mean, I'm going just, to anyway. Just just for the for for your own personal memes. Why? Just... You, you, you can you can go back and look at it later. We can move on. To uh, yeah, I just like looked at. It. Now I wish I hadn't. oh my goodness okay so looking ahead Rose Lark Bow is taking on backstage battlers stadium emperors draws the lucky mucks which is going to be a battle for if lucky mucks wins then they will continue to you know try to assert dominance if stadium emperors wins lucky mucks is going to have to hope for a miracle that backstage battlers loses a game the Great Unknown is going to take on Coastal Kings, and finally, Home Slice Homies fights Fletch Cinderella Story. Much, All much right. more balanced overall week, I think, where you got the teams in similar places playing each other, aside from backstage Roslark. But well, you know, Roslark has—I mean, for lack of a better way to put it, Roslark Bow almost beat the Lucky Mucks last week. If they happen to beat. Uh, what's the word? If they happen to beat Backstage Battlers and Stadium Emperors beats Lucky Mucks, Roslark can jump Home Slice Homies depending on how much Roslark wins. They can jump Home Slice Homies for that fourth spot. But this is probably going to not earn me some enemies in pool number four already from the ones I have chosen. Hart, AJ, you know, Zajin, Flareon, dumb by the way. But I think... If Backstage Battlers and Lucky Mucks win next, this coming week, we will probably see the first lockup of the the top two who's going to take their pool and go into the final 16. I'll take the silence from Jed as like, did you really just make a bold prediction? <laughs> I, was, I was looking ahead to what 
actual schedules were and yeah it was it was the refresher that they play each other literally at the end so a half halfway through prediction maybe not too bold for this pool yeah this would probably be the safest bet but we can't dilly dally too much we gotta go on to pool number five and see what they're going doing over there it's your favorite team the team I can't pronounce, re. You do it great every time, but you just second guessing continues. It, it's because I'm bashful, okay? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, top four in pool number five is Acopolypse with 106 points. Sharks and Wreck has 103. Texas PvP is sitting at third with 73, and Hidden Powers rounds up the top four with 54 points. Do you have to give a special shout out to Switchmasters and Gong Rippers because they are two points behind Hidden Powers? And then actually, and I got a shout out, Pioneer Valley PvP and thanks Obama and Gortakum. I actually don't remember how to pronounce the name, even though he gave me a chart. <laughs> he gave you a pronunciation card? He did, and I lost it. <laughs> so if you're listening, if you're listening, please send me that card again so I can save it. But yeah, top or fourth place is really just like three wins separates everything. Unfortunately, Taylor Swift fan club is sitting at 25 points because they have yet to get a win under their belt. Hold up. How did I not know? <laughs> How did I not know Cali Dad and Dapper were on Pioneer Valley PvP? That's... Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, well, I thought... I'm gonna I thought they the... told you. No. I'm now in the know. I need to yeah. go back and check who's actually on the roster now. Well, I should have told you. They Pioneer Valley tweeted about it just before the things got underway and i was like oh why didn't we pick them up it's like who else who else did they get anyway we may continue (laughs) so last week taylor swift fan club like i said before unfortunately was not able to get their first win switch masters ended up taking a 13 to 8 victory texas pvp survived a slugfest against pioneer valley pvp 11 to 10 sharks and wreck was able to win a close matchup against hidden powers 12 to 9 and then finally, Acopolis continue to stay on top and kind of extend, have their lead shrink a little bit, beating Gong Rippers 11 to 10. Week four, looking forward, T- Taylor Swift Fan Club is going to have their work cut out for them going up against Texas PvP. Hidden Powers is going up against the Switchmasters. The winner is going to be in a better contention for fourth place. Gong Rippers and Pioneer Valley PvP are separated by one whole point. And so I, I anticipate this match going to 11 to 10. And then finally, we have a juggernaut matchup between Acopolis and Sharks and Wreck. I'm going to go ahead and say whoever wins the Apocalypse and Sharks and Wreck matchup is going to be in the best, is going to take the the one spot. And then someone from the lower, that's currently seated in the lower bracket is going to jump into second place from this matchup. It is worth mentioning too, that this is the most bottom heavy of the pools where the the teams accumulating the wins are much fewer currently so we'll we'll see how that plays out in the end but it's it's in a weird spot currently yeah yeah and quick little fun fact between sharks and wreck and acopolis three game wins separate these two teams so they're they're on each other's toes and well now they get to square off in week number four. So now let's move on to pool number six, where this is the first, probably the first time on the podcast where I will say I have to eat my words. 
Because last week I said Hoosier, I didn't give Hoosier Daddies enough credit, and this week, yeah. <laughs> not not only that, but our, our very own ZT Smith comes in with a three zero to make it possible. Yeah, absolutely. I was thoroughly impressed that they were able to take the Chicago Stars down. Spoiler alert: thirteen to eight. Spoiler alert, like five seconds before we go through all the teams. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You, the rest... you, got him. you got him, Taco. Yeah, I did it. So Who's Your Days right now is looking, is the only undefeated team left, which is very odd with all things considered, because usually most teams have like at least two undefeated teams. But Who's Your Daddies just goes, nah, we're fighting everyone. Everyone else is playing for second place. Look at us. Which is, you know, it's only after three weeks. They did have the first test in Chicago Stars. But I am very much looking forward to now when Hoosier Days goes up against the Electrum team or and Decidueye Dynasty. They are right on their heels. You'll, you'll see it soon enough, but Pool 2 and 3 are in a similar situation. Okay. So in... So yeah, so for week number 3, Icy Wind thoroughly demolishes Thunder Squirrel 16-5. Decidueye Dynasty shows that they are the top dynasty, taking down Omega Lowell 16-5. I already mentioned Hoosier Daddies and the incredible upset against Chicago Stars 13-8. And then finally, Nerdy Birds put up a tough fight, but ultimately fall to Electrum 12-9. Looking forward to Week 4, Icy Wind is going up against Team Omega Lowell. Chicago Stars is going to look to rebound against the Thunder Squirrels, who are looking for their very first win. A... A second and third place battle is taking place between Decidueye Dynasty and Electrum. And then finally, Nerdy Birds are going to be looking for their first win against Hoosier Daddies. Dang, it's going to be a good week. But I think I think if Hoosier Daddies is able to... Let's see. Hoosier Daddies already took down Chicago Stars. They have... If they beat the whoever wins the Electrum or Decidueye Dynasty match, they can. we might very well be seeing Hoosier Daddies, Decidueye Dynasty, and Electrum be first second and third and just be like be those three in any particular order will moves on into the round of 16 again i I have to have to point to week seven on this one where who's your plays electrum and decidua dynasty plays chicago stars so it's it's yeah it's 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 gonna be crazy (laughs) for them at the end like uh yeah we'll 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 see but the question I'm going to have is who is going to who's going to run out of gas first is what I'm going to say. Will we see a late season collapse? Who is going to push who's going to push each other to the very end? Because unfortunately, we have Hoosier Days, Destroy Dynasty, Electrum, and then fighting for that fourth spot, we got ICON, Chicago Stars and Team Omega Lol. But if, you know, the top 3 aren't careful, they can easily fall into that that oh no, please don't hurt us. Or we might actually get eliminated. But on Team Omega Law on this one, I think they're not quite mathematically eliminated yet. But if they don't do well enough these next two weeks, they could find themselves in a very tough situation. What do you mean? There are no eliminations. Everyone's just doing the fun play. You know what I mean. (laughs) You know what I mean. They're going to find themselves mathematically ineligible to move on to the top 16. And they'll fight in the bottom 32. That sound better for you? <laughs> yes. Okay. That's that's a perfect segue to get into pool one, I think. Absolutely. All right, so let's move on to pool number one. We're the top four. We've got, gosh darn it, Bartown Boomers, 
Sky Dragons Gaming, Deoxys Alberta Form, and the Thunderdome taking up first, second, and third, first through fourth, respectively. This week saw the Thunderdome unfortunately lose against Deoxys Alberta Form 10 to 11. Slark Paper Scissors was able to take an 18, 13 to 8, excuse me, <laughs> victory over TNT Fingles. Barktown Boomers was able to beat Deli Birds the Word 12 to 9. And then finally, Sky Dragons Gaming is finally able to break out of that dreaded 11 to 10 and unfortunately destroy iCarly PvP 18 to 3. Well, that's that's where the huge upswing in points came from. Yeah. I was laughing a little bit just because you were talking about 18, and I did not expect it to actually come up then at the end of that set of matchups. Yeah, I think if I said 18 to, th- 18 to 3 on TNT Fingles, there probably would have been a riot. Again, I didn't expect it to see to see it anywhere, so the, <laughs> the fact that it showed up here is kind of crazy. Yes, I- and Sky Dragons Gaming looks like you're finally waking up. Yeah, that is that is the biggest disparity through the first three weeks. Like the highest score before that was a 16 <laughs> from our very own Barktown Boomers. Well, like we did, or yeah, like we kind of did say earlier before, the Barktown Boomers did kind of quote unquote breeze through their first couple of matchups, and they they got tested against Deli Birds the Word. And then this week, looking ahead, they've got Deoxys, Deoxys Alberta form, who's currently sitting at third place, who is also undefeated. So, and then Sky Dragons Gaming. We're gonna, we're gonna lose one of the undefeated teams this week. Yeah, yeah, someone's going down this week, unless you know someone doesn't set a lineup and you guys play a ten to ten. Please, for the love of Arceus, do not do that. I feel like it's much less likely to help compared to factions where it kind of put you in this can be very helpful or very much a hindrance situation where I'm not sure how the game points work for a tie. I'm I'm sure there's some amount of in-between that you split, but I don't don't know that that's what you want to do. I'll probably ask Greg about this for clarification and we'll have it on next week's episode. But I'm going to go ahead and guess that a tie, you just don't get access to the 22 points. Like, nobody oh, does. That would, that would be the worst. But, again... I'm going off of what, like, you know, the computer program and the limited information. Had I known about the 22 points, I would have asked Greg, Greg and Amazed about it when we were interviewing them. But it was definitely a, it was definitely a surprise for me. Anyway, does does but, one of these matchups jump out at you? Without a doubt, it's the Thunderdome and Deoxys Alberta matchup. Like, it's ten to eleven. We gotta, we gotta see. Like, was there any sweeps? Was it just two ones all the way down? Like, let's do it. Well, the first one was. Yeah. So, in jumping into the Thunderdome and Deoxys Alberta form, we had in the Open Great League, we had Buckeye Fitzy going up against Survivor Snake. Snape. Excuse me. Buckeye yes. brought snake. <laughs> snake Snake. I swear, y'all get more creative with these names, and you're just like, mm, Taco's gonna pick this one. Let's put this one here. Anyway, Buckeye Fitzy brings Medicham, Sableye, Superior, Lantern, Galigar, and Shadow Alolan Sandslash into Survivor's Medicham, Alolan Sandslash, Pelipper, Chrysalia, Shadow Swampert, and Wigglytuff. So we had a double water strategy into a double shadow claw strategy. 
The looks like the other thing was is Buckeye Fitzy's Metacham had more targets to hit than Snape's Metacham, looks like. Yeah, well and you have Buckeye Fitzy's team that looks much more like a play Pokemon team with Survivor Snape's having a few more let's let's call them niche picks. Uh, like I'm looking specifically at Wigglytuff. Hey, we gotta run a charmer. Do, do you? This this isn't. Uh... I said when you have to run a charmer. Oh, okay, I was like this this isn't yeah. uh, Aurorica. Uh, in yes, in the play Pokemon circuit, I don't think it's very charm friendly this time around. Which which isn't to say it didn't have targets, right? Especially. Well, it looks like the two targets it had was Metacham and Sableye. Yeah, well, and I'm mostly looking just because there's nothing that gets rid of it quickly outside of that also so i mean mm. you're, you're still gonna get some good charm damage in and dll and sandslash is shadow so it's, it's not gonna do nothing and wigglytuff does have access to ice beam which if you let it get going can also deal damage to superior and glygar so i'm not saying it happened but i'm saying it is an option yeah not not unusable but at least in open great league normally the the charmers tend to land a little bit too clunky yeah especially with the open great league meta kind of sh shaping up to if you don't have a one two or three turn fast move you might not be able to get as much mileage out as the other ones rest in peace hex jellicent what I was saying rest in peace, Hex Jellicent. I can't get that much mileage out of it when I when I queue into the open Great League anymore. I had to swap to a Shadow Claw user. It's yeah, it's it, it hits its stride for Ultra. Yeah, that's what I'm disappointed in. <laughs> anyway, so going back to this matchup, I wanna go ahead and say that Snape was able to get the lone win from letting Wigglytuff go off after a lone sand slash was taken care of. <laughs> That's my head cannon. <laughs> Overall, I'm looking at just the, the flexibility of superior, especially. I, I do wonder if there was a certain point that Survivor felt they could pull the trigger on something like a Wigglytuff, like depending on lineups that that Buckeye Fitzy was favoring. Well, if Buckeye but, Fitzy was favoring the Metacham Sableye matchup, I would say go for it that is a very strong core yeah and and i mean especially here the sableye is pretty reliable into everything not named wigglytuff that is true yeah the shadow where, where you're least, plays. yeah you're at least doing good damage like even if you're getting outpaced by something like the shadow swampert yeah definitely and at least in this case like superior is does have a lot of play i know on paper it says like it doesn't have that much play but if you give it the frost last treatment good luck yeah from from somebody that fought uh, has fought a lot of superior in our league challenges and has used a superior in said league challenges absolutely good luck just there there's <laughs> kind of no stopping this thing <laughs> but yeah to me to me the story is that buckeye managed the opposing shadow swampert well and that's how this goes 2-1 is i mean like most outings into open great league there are some rotations that are just 
hard to play your way out of no matter what so it's it's always going to be a little bit of that alignment craziness and just getting getting the right lead call yeah i can respect that a lot should okay. we check out ultra we should that's where i was headed next so in the ultra league we had nuclear ninjas go up against lawson cody 22 nuclear ninja brought double tapofini garatina altered form shadow alone sandslash primate and tentacruel into Lawson Cody 22's Garatina Altered, Defense Deoxys, Verizian, Galarian Weezing, Skunk Tank, and Blastoise. That Galarian Weezing has a lot of targets, and I'm surprised that it was on the losing end of a 2-1. Why? I feel like I talk about it every time it shows up just because I like Blastoise, but I sure wish it had a little bit more play. It needs a better fast move, I think. Or at least another option, right? Because right now it's only non-water gun moves bite. It needs a better fast move. <laughs> it needs, That's what I'm going to keep saying. It needs an option. It needs something. I'm looking at Blastoise's moves for Gen 9 for a second. Tackle! <laughs> Give it tackle. That, it, is, it is something, and it is an exact water gun clone, so it wouldn't be the, too crazy. The unfortunate, so the unfortunately, it gets flash cannon, tackle, tail whip, water gun, rapid spin, which isn't in the game yet, bite, water pulse, protect, aqua tail, hydro pump, skull bash. It's not looking good for our little turtle friend. I just think it's neat. <laughs> we definitely could have seen an option where the what's the word definitely could have seen an option where blastoise was brought just to bring it now if you allow not tms it learns waterfall so it's an option just saying but anyway back to the the, the team at hand i know that skunk thing had to be running poison jab but let's see there's two answers to tabofini there's two answers to double there's three answers to Garatina Altered Form. There's one. How bad is the two? Galarian Weezing into Tentacruel? Well, Tentacruel has Poison Jab, right? Yeah. So then, if it's. it's in that instance. Bad if they hit the Acid Spray. What about just Scald? Also, not. Great. Okay, so <laughs> there's the glaring secondary glaring wheezing answer. Ah, I see. So okay, there that that I was thinking it was the other way around, to be quite honest. But now with that information in hand, with Tentacruel beating Galarian Wheezing, well, would you make a case for putting Blizzard on this Tentacruel, like Scald and Blizzard, because you could maybe like just you're unlikely to see the blastoise anyway so being re resisted by water twice doesn't matter as much i don't know if it matters like for something like the verizion but yeah just just having a nuke option that can hit giratina is always nice especially since giratina in... looks pretty decent right but in in this context nuclear ninja's team all has something that can answer Garatina. Like, Double has Payback, Tapofini has Moonblast, the Garatina alters a Wash, Shadow Sandslash is, you know, Ice Punch, Shadow Claw. 
Primeape has access to Night Slash, and Tentacruel can use Blizzard. Even though, like, it's not... Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Even though it's not, like, terribly needed, I don't think, based off of, like, the teams itself, that Lost and Cody's had a good place for their Garatina to come out and play, whereas Nuclear Ninja's team was more flexible to kind of play out of any bad lead scenario. Yeah, the the Tentacruel like, answers in general feel a little flimsy, like, is dd okay <laughs> like this is enough bulkier yeah no even just straight gold unless you did thunderbolt yeah okay with thunderbolt you can get there so that one is at least possible okay today i learned but yeah it, it feels uncomfortable <laughs> like almost no matter what so i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna put it on Lawson for finding a win con. All right. Well, GG's Lawson. But yeah, I'm I'm chalking it up to Nuclear Ninja's team was more flexible than um than Lawson's side. And with that, I'm ready to move on into the Master League. Yeah, let's let's go somewhere that definitely always makes sense to us. Yeah, cuz we're the the Master League authorities here. <laughs> Master League Masters. We should probably find a Master League person to give their input at least one or two times. There's probably some Master League players who are just like, no, Taco, this is not how it's supposed to happen. Or, Jet, I see where you're coming at, but you're wrong. <laughs> it just it doesn't <laughs> translate to Master League. Yeah. So anyway, in the Thunderdome side, we had Ryuzaki going up against Gary, Gary Puckinoke. You know, make it Gary Oak. Gary Oak, okay. So Ryuzaki brought Mega Slowbro, Zacian, Melmetal, Gyarados, Latios, and Garchomp into Gary's Zacian, Metagross, Riparior, Garatina Origin Form, Gyarados, and Florges. The Riparior is a choice. I have not seen that since Rock Wrecker burst onto the scene. I think there were more people running it just because it got the new move. Did it? At least the people that I saw who started the season once Master League came around. <laughs> yeah, what new move break, did it get? It got Breaking Swipe. We're not talking about it. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. But it does have two pretty decent matchup or pretty decent fast moves in Mud Slap and Smackdown. Anyway. Yeah, it's it's one of those that is tough, though, because it makes it so polarizing like as far as the individual matchups yeah especially in this matchup i i want to say this ryuzaki's gyarados in particular was running waterfall as opposed to dragon breath just because you have the latios on the side on on ryuzaki's side which uses dragon breath garchomp with you know the mud shot and mega slowbro which did not think it was a legitimate threat in the Open Master League, but with Water Gun, Psychic, and Surf, can do a lot of damage to Zacian and Florges. Because Florges mainly goes like triple fairy, right? Does it get yeah. access to Fine Whip? I forget. It has it has some grass moves, so it's got options, but yeah, it's it's usually fairy. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, and the one that I forget but was 
terrified of for Innocent Cup was the fact that it gets access to Razor Leaf. Oh dear lord, no, please. Don't don't bring that degeneracy here in the Master League. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think you can get away with it in quite the same way, but it was always kind of the question matchups was, is this going to be normal or is it just fast move time? <laughs> but yeah, in, in this instance, you know, Melmetal looked like it did some work with the access to the double Iron Bash slash... Oh, shoot. What is it? A rock Slide, Superpower. And that's about it. Because it doesn't get any electric moves, right? Yes, Thunderbolt. Oh, it does? Yep. Today, I learned. Overall... Oh, it gets more moves. Superpower, Rock Slide, Thunderbolt, Hyper Beam? Let's give everything Hyper Beam now. Yeah, all the big boys get Hyper Beam. Anyway, I'm, I'm mostly looking at from Gary Oak's side, just how to answer Mega Slowbro. I assume... Zacian? Yeah, I assume Zacian is kind of go-to. Or Garatina Origin form, no? Right. I was just checking the Zacian first. But I think with, with Garatina Origin form, you're going to be a little bit hard-pressed to get it come out safely because Zacian is, exists... Uh, you know, I did call out the Gyarados for using Waterfall, but if they decided to run Dragon Breath, that is an option as well. Latios also has Dragon Breath, and Garchomp has Outrage. So, it's there. It's an option. But the Garatina Origin form looked like it had a little bit of a harder time. Yeah, as long as you keep Ryuzaki's Zashin away from the Metagross, like, there isn't a hard answer like there, there's obviously mirror potential and then even gorgeous i assume isn't terrible just because it's fairy on fairy violence and is there a reason to run close combat right uh, on ryuzaki's that's like yeah. on ryuzaki's Asian or on gary's Asian? ryuzaki side i don't think so oh. yeah I no yeah. play rough was definitely required and wild charge because, well, like I said before, Ryuzaki has Mega Slowbro, Melmetal. Insert Asterisk here, because if that Ripe here was running Mudslap, you don't want Melmetal in there. And or Gyarados, once again, with an Asterisk. But Garchomp definitely had some play in the Metagross-Riperior matchup. It is cool to see what's effectively Triple Dragon come out ahead of Double Fairy, but... Fairies are dumb and stupid and broken. <laughs> <laughs> also, also seeing a team break away from Florges and at least come out ahead is is nice. Or it's breaking the mold a little bit, but I don't I don't know how much of a mold there really is for Master League at this point. It's like we've we've seen the Florges Gyarados combo because a they are cheap and they calculating for your for your team build but their coverage is also work. pretty useful yeah but yes Mel, Mel metal might be a decent answer into that combination specifically especially if you have access to a few with the different move sets yeah putting the double iron bash for the fairies makes Mel metal really really good and then that second move until you see it until you see it released, you're not going to know. So you're basically playing with 
We're playing with a grenade with the pin pulled out. If you put what, if Melmetal has a move that, you know, your mon you swap into is strong against, you're not going to have a very good day. Like yeah. when I got hurricaned by a Whimsicott on stream. <laughs> You'll have that kind of day. I do wonder, again, like how, how often we're going to see Latios show up. Just, I, I know the first time it was kind of surprising, and now it's kind of fitting in that same, well, it's that product is high enough to be in the conversation, and it doesn't cost points good enough. Yeah. I think I think more people are starting to catch on to using Latios more. But it is time for it looks like it's time for us to move on into our favorite field. Which it's, I still Yeah, it's it's only our favorite as long as Frostlass isn't winning and ruining our day. Well, you know, so far Frostlass is over four. So with so, yeah, with some ties kind of in there, but Yeah. Alrighty, so in the first Aurora slot, we had Party Panda Poe go up against a Shady Equation. Party Panda Poe brings Cast Form, Regirock, Greedent, Chrysalia, Lantern, and Shadow Alolan Ninetales into a Shady Equation's Lantern, Chrysalia, Umbreon, Regirock, Lickitung, and Whimsicott. I think this is the first normal Cast Form. Yeah, this definitely is. Which is pretty fun. I think in general... I like Greedent here better, but just kind of having that secondary option that has barely unique charge move combinations is is a, is a fun addition to the conversation. Like, it's not a horribly tanky Pokemon, but it's it's got enough bulk to at least keep up. Yeah, because normal cast form gets Tackle and Hex, and it gets Rock Weather Ball, Normal Weather Ball, Energy Ball, and Hurricane because yeah because it's weathery but hurricane i would put that on like or i was gonna say windy cast form but the game recognizes it as snowy cast form you know the tornado shaped one the ice type yeah that looks like snow but whatever in this instance the the energy ball Looked really good in, on Lantern and Regirock. And... It's okay. I, I just wanted to point it out. I'm not... I, I don't really think it had a lot of play here. It was it was more just an interesting pick, and I feel like it has a place in the meta. I'm just... I'm wondering how it compares to the other normals. Like, I'm looking down at the other matchup, and it's like, do you do you get more out of something like a Vigoroth on your team? I don't I don't know, but just the fact it's showing up is, is kind of fun. Well, even then, like, sometimes, like, if it's on the team, it's, there's a reason for it being there. Like, cast form with access to Energy Ball can do some damage to Regirock and Lantern. Once again, Regirock, as long as it, like, can survive Regirock's Focus Blast, and then being able to triple resist the Lickitung with faster pressure and using lick and i'm not sure about whimsicott because i don't know how glassy it is compared to cast form so i think the cast form definitely had some play here but you know looking at right next to it its favorite friend regirock with that focus blast can do significant damage to umbreon lickitung and regirock if you wanted but you would have to stay away from Lantern, Chrysalia, and Whimsicott. What are the Cress answers on 
party panda side. I guess the gradient probably does okay with crunch. I mean, it has mirror. I don't know how the Reggie matchup goes. Probably not that well because Chrysalia outpaces the grass knot. You're looking it up right now, aren't you? Yeah, it is CMPing on all of them, so it just has enough bulk, <laughs> luckily, to survive the stone edges. Yeah. Yeah, because Grass Knot's doing a lot of damage. Two Grass Knots are at 84%, whereas two Stone Edges, you're at 63.8%. Yeah, at, at worst, you're doing... Yeah, at there, you're just being outpaced. It's a soft loss, but it's unfortunate. Ah, where'd you go? There you are. So in this instance, at least, Party Panda Pose side would probably sack the Regirock into Chrysalia, or it would just be a team effort of Greedent and Chrysalia to take down a Shady Equations Chrysalia. Well, it, it doesn't have to be a team effort. Like, the Greedent wins that matchup. Oh. That's, that's, that's why I was kind of exploring it, because, like, you have some more obvious matchups, I want to say, where it's like we've, we've seen Licky Cress this far, and then Umbreon Cress is, like, <laughs> kind of uncomfortable, but... Umbreon usually wins. It's yeah. Like especially, especially if you go deeper shields, but yeah, the the amount of bulk <laughs> just between the two teams is, is kind of crazy. And and then yeah, the the nexus of the whole thing is, is kind of that shadow level of nine tails, but it's it's a little bit of a whack-a-mole situation of you need the right thing for it at the end, or depending where it shows up. Yeah, or else you lose. And that's Aurora Cup. Pretty much, yeah. Into the second one, which we kind of had the same thing play out just with different Pokemon. But we can kind of see why. We had Rochambeau going up against Hamad Munir. Rochambeau brought Shadowl on Ninetales, Chrysalia, Ligatung, Defense Deoxys, Vigoroth, and Mandibuzz into Lantern. Shadow Lola Ninetales, Lickitung, Mandibuzz, Defense Deoxys, and Chrysalia. This is the only sweep of the match. And how I'm calling it is Hamad had more bulk, brought more bulk bonds. End of story. Game over. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a weird take considering the only difference is Vigoroth and Lantern. <laughs> but like between those two, who's bulkier? I can't believe I closed PV Poke because now I don't know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Vigoroth has more defense, but Lantern has more offense. Not offense. Uh, HP. The HP. Well, it's if Lantern was running Water Gun, it would essentially be, it would essentially be a tie. But if Lantern was running Spark... There's there's no reason to run Water Gun. Okay, well, yeah. So it's still, no matter what Lantern brought, it would still pretty much be a tie. So it was the exact... Well, pretty much the exact same team was brought, and it's just a matter of what was lined up what. So how did it end up being 3-0 if it's the same team? I'm going to say impressive sweep. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, that usually is good rotation call right like it's 
especially when it's all super bulky mons like that, like, apart from your Shadow Charmers, you just need to get, get your timing right. Yeah, this was definitely a battle of attrition, and Mod's team won the battle probably by pivoting around a little bit better. So it can be it can be soul crushing. It yes, it can. But okay, that is the Aurora Cup. Let's check let's out. To, let's check out your favorite your favorite deal, Savannah. So we had my, my favorite deal because it's where I'm hanging out right now. <laughs> <laughs> so we had seventeen Alpal go up against J Brands. Alpal brought Regirock, Amolga, Polyrath, Quillfish, Roserade, and Superior. Into Polyrath, Regirock, Dedane, Roserade, Oranguru, and Dunsparce. Is it bad that I kind of know what happened, but I still have to say it anyway? I want to know what you know happened. Oranguru happened. Oranguru and Roserade went burr on this team. And Dunsparce for good measure. Yeah, Oranguru Dunsparce is actually a pretty fun combination as far as being generally neutral and at very least being able to tank a charge move even when their matchup isn't great in the ones that was that was something that has been coming up a lot is a lot of these pokemon in savannah are just not all that tanky and so being able to survive a move is kind of a big deal because there are certain pokemon i'm looking at roserade quillfish and Dene in particular that really can't survive charge moves and so they, they need those shields. So I, I, I like your call. Oranguru went burr. Yeah, and even then, like, if you had a group effort just take down the monkey, your team is still so weak that you know, what can you do? Yeah, and then anytime you get into a position where a Roserade is looking at an opposing team with shields down, it's pretty terrifying. <laughs> yep. Ain't that the truth? My Roserade's like sitting on the sitting in my phone just licking its lips right now. I do wonder, just kind of to echo the intro, how many Charger Bug we'll see next week, but I I like that there's that consistency, like I assume we'll move to the next one. Just that there's an electric team, an electric Pokemon on every team already, at least in this <laughs> matchup. Yeah, the the like with Amolga, with the Dene. I'm surprised. Like, I'm very surprised that the Dene is making out. But I guess you have to find a reason or a way to neutralize the. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Neutralize the Polyrath Regirock core. And still have some coverage if they bring double, double, uh... It gets around the Ice Punch, which is nice. Yeah, that. <laughs> it's like, that's that's kind of the trade-off for the electric flyings, especially, is, yeah, you're resisting the counters, but you're taking super effective from the Ice Punches, and that's not true for the Dedene. And, obviously, the, the other one, the electric steels are taking super effective from the counters the whole time so that's it's not much of a trade-off the fact that you're resisting the ice punch <laughs> yeah that that does make a lot of sense there well okay then so that's a really good insight into the into the 
first part of Savannah. And this one, Jay Brands was able to take a 2-1 victory. I'm going to say almost entirely because of the monkey. The monkey is king. You will all fear the great Rafiki. I, I know it doesn't look like Rafiki, but I'm calling it. <laughs> the monkey. Reject modernity. Embrace the monkey. But okay. We have, we have the other missing character from Savannah coming up twice in this next one. Oh yeah, I was about to say, who's that? The other confusion user. Yeah, the, <laughs> it took me a second to figure it out. I'm a little slow on the on the up and up right now. The one that's a little bit more afraid of Rosarade. Okay, so in this one we had Ghostly ZA going up against Singali. I think that's how you say the name. Or like Signail. Signail. So in this matchup. We had... Oh, I already said it. <laughs> so Ghostly ZA brought Regirock, Polyrath, Trash Wormadam. Oh, that's the one you were looking at. Trevenant, Emolga, and Lickitung into Polyrath, Regirock, Zapdos, Roserade, Trash Wormadam, and Dunsparce. I like the Zapdos bring. And actually, I think that might have been probably the biggest reason it was able to... Or Singale? words <laughs> was able to pull out the victory here i like dunsparce again too the consistency of that thing against everything not named polyrath is really impressive especially when the other difference between the teams is Lickitung. it kind of points that direction yeah that does make a lot of sense too i know roserade has i mean unfortunately the thing with roserade on this one is you have to at least put it in a spot where it can get a good farm down or able to get off a weather ball fire slash grass on. Either either that or you just lead the thing and you're looking for booms one way or another. And I haven't run into it yet, but the matchups change considerably when you run bullet seed rather than poison jab. Like literally all of them I've seen so far are poison jab, but the difference in matchups are significant. So <laughs> There, there is a certain amount of you. You mentioned it earlier. Not until you know the moves, like you don't know what you don't know. And while the Roserade is is scariest in the question mark phase of team building with the Poison Jab, the the energy generation from from Bullet Seed. I, curious if, if we're gonna see the the flex on the fast move show up at any point. Yeah, because. It does have a really another good move in Bullet Seed, which I think is faster energy generation than than Poison Jab, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. <laughs> Overall, I do also just want to point out that we have an exact kind of team build mirror in this as well, where you have, I mean, obviously... Regirac, Polyrath, you're going to see a lot. And that shows up in the meta usage, apart from even just the fact that they're at the top of the TV poke list. But then you also have the Wormadams, then you have the Grass, you have the Electric Flying, you have the Normal. So it's just like across the board, you had not just Pokemon doing similar jobs, but typing-wise, like this feels like home base for savannah 
Yeah. Also, quick side note, I just hatched a Wimpod and it ended up being perfect. How did you hatch something? I opened my game and it said you have an egg ready to hatch. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you're sitting down. You know, like I said before, Jet, sometimes I just open the game and the game is like, er, dur, look, you walked a kilometer. That, Here's an that egg. That's leg syndrome. Yeah, that's what we're going to, I mean, the, yeah, I'm shaking my leg right now. <laughs> I just can't sit still, okay? That's fair. Anyway, no judging. I, 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 like, I like this setup and again, very curious where Charger Bug is going to perhaps change this up a little yeah i think the charger bug would probably be able to handle what's the word or at least get charger bug would be able to do pretty well but i don't see it being i don't see it being as oppressive yeah you you have something kind of similar to what we were talking about with the Dene, where at least it's not weak to ice punch and it's still a resisting counter. You're running into the same problem against Dunsparce, where you're still weak to rock, similar to like, I mean, literally the same as Galvantula typing wise, and that's kind of its problem. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. It is it is nice to at least have a bulky electric option because they are very few and far between. <laughs> What is the bulkiest electric type out there? Patchy. Besides that one, I know it maxes <laughs> out at level 50, but like, yeah, okay, I walked into that one. Anyway, <laughs> so that is the deep dive on pool number one's Thunderdome and Alberta matchup. Let's move, let's do a quick little preview. This week, Thunderdome takes on TNT Fingles. Barktown Boomers gets is going to be up against probably their toughest matchup thus far in Deoxys Alberta form. iCarly PvP and Slark Paper Scissors are going to duke it out. And then finally, Sky Dragons Gaming is going up against Delhi Birds the Word. Though, like we had mentioned in the previous part, or in the early part of the show, one of the undefeateds are going to fall, at least. Will Sky Dragons Gaming join them too? Who knows? <laughs> I mean, it's not. Yeah, it's not guaranteed for. I mean, Delhi Bird's looking for their very first win. I would probably say that, you know, they're zero and three to start out with. I think this that is... they'll be really playing out of their minds this week. Yeah. On the on the other hand, this is a great time to uh, show the world you're here. Yeah. And before we move on into pool number two, I do want to preface this by saying, although we do make a lot of banter and a lot of jokes, everyone that wanted to play in factions, whether they were Emerald tier or open tier, signed up for this. Your record is not an indication of your team is bad or your team is good. And it's it's especially not like a reflection on you as a person. (laughs) Absolutely. Some, some some weeks you just get outplayed unless you're me then you get outplayed almost every week <laughs> but in all seriousness if you went to your captain and said let's do this like invitational battle frontier system in my opinion you're already better than the teams that after self ended was like yeah we're not doing this anymore this was no fun that that's my 
that's my two cents on the matter. And having and, having the itch is already a clear indicator. Absolutely. And one and one thing beforehand, or one thing I do also want to mention is the amount of player or the amount of teams that came in and are taking part in this has just been amazing. And then the amount of upsets from we've seen like open players beat diamond, open teams beat diamond teams, copper tiers beat platinum, so on and so forth. It just goes to show you that any given week, anything can happen. And as the podcast that likes to talk about it, I love it, but it's also very overwhelming that we can't talk about every single upset. Otherwise, we'd have to rename the show the Upsetty Spaghetti Channel or something. I thought you were going to maybe talk about how the, how do we say this? The the underdog status from, from our time getting covered in, in MJ's articles is, is the big reason why we're here and just like having that kick in the pants sometimes is, is the thing to get teams going so yeah me, that's, that's that's where the the benefit of banter comes from is is that you you get to light a fire sometimes yeah unfortunately though i do want to say that mj couldn't release the article last week so you know if you liked mj's banter we're here for it as well we'll, we'll do our best we won't ever be able to replicate the legend but we're here with that being said, let's move on into pool number two. What the hell happened to Canadian Shield on? <laughs> oh, God. Look, they thought it was a bye week, I guess. I don't know. So... They basically took one. Yeah. So in week three, Rock, Paper, Slark had a massive game against Canadian Shield on 17 to 4. Mighty Thunderducks. I, I didn't mean to like derail your script entirely if you want to talk about the rankings for this pool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah alright so number one ob- for obvious reasons is still Brave Nerds the the fun part is is that they have they don't have the most amount of game wins in their own pool but they keep winning so by virtue of match wins <laughs> yeah by virtue of getting match wins they're on top of second place Rock Paper Slark who they beat 12 to 9 in week number one and then Mighty Thunder Ducks, Copium Northeast takes the third spot, and Mighty Thunder Ducks follows up the fourth spot. East Caliber and Canadian Shield on are currently tied for fifth. And then Sea Kingpin and Decidueye Dynasty are at, are at the bottom half, with unfortunately Sea Kingpin still looking for their first win. But they're consistently getting at least eight points, so yay. They're, yeah, they're, they're, they're hanging out. But anyway, yeah, so where was I? Oh, yes, so Mighty Thunderducks beats Sea Kingpin 13-8. Brave Nerds upsets Copium Northeast 12-9. Now, that's an upset I did not think was going to happen. I thought Copium was going to run away with that, to all me, things the, considered. The next matchup was a bigger upset. And then Decidueye Dynasty Green, or the Rowdy Rowlets, beats East Caliber 11 to 10. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you just have to stop saying Rowlets, right? I'm never going to stop saying Rowlets. Because if, if we ever start a second team, you know, it would be like Diener don't care pink or Diener don't care blue. It's too many words. You got to shorten it to something different, okay? Plus, there's originality to go for, right? Yeah, like Copium Northeast to bring in the many Northeast battlers Nebraska empire that they have you know but anyway well looks like looks like a rough week for mushroom and the naked naked hornet 
Nate Hornet, we love you. You you bring you brought more points in, but I kind of want to hear your. I'm kind of going to ask you like what happened with the Sidious Dynasty Green. I assume though. I mean, there there were plenty of crazy matchups, but uh, the the one you seem to want to lean towards is Brave Nerds. It is my writer's opinion, and it's completely <laughs> unbiased. <laughs> that is completely unbiased and objective. That although I want to see, I want to dive into the Decidui Dynasty Green and East Caliber matchup. I well, think okay, there's there's that one, and then of course the the Rock Paper Slark three five O's. It's five O's, five three O's, or six. I mean, it's still impressive. It's still impressive, man. But you know, with with a high scoring game or not high scoring, with that many sweeps, Rock Paper Slark. I think we can talk about another time. Yeah, we'll 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 get them on a on a closer matchup. Although I think we covered them week one, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We covered their loss. It totally wasn't because Greg was saying you <laughs> should totally cover it. Cover a win. <laughs> but in this instance, I do want to talk about the Brave Nerds and Copium matchup because, correct me if I'm wrong, Copium was the Emerald tier version of Northeast Battlers, right? I mean, that, that's, that sounds accurate. Okay. Let's dive into that one. And we got... We actually got some... Uh, we were actually... Captain or team manager... Uh, Amaze was nice enough to provide us with some footage afterwards, which we are not going to link because, you know, there are some people who will take use that as note taking, but we are going to simply talk about it. Talk about it. And the first thing I want to say is <laughs> the amount of times I was looking at the call or I was like, I was looking at the video and then like looking over at my computer because I kept getting a discord notification was very, <laughs> very funny. It happens when you're when you're screen recording. Anyway, diving in to the open Great League matchup, we had trainer AB one two three XYZ or Jordan going up against JJan. JJan brought Lantern, Shadow Lola Ninetales, Sableye, Metacham, Venusaur, and Lickitung into Umbreon, Lickitung, Shadow Dragonite, Registeel, Lantern, and Defense Form Deoxys. So is it just me, or did that Registeel have a very, very fun time with Jay Jan's team? It's okay. Um, like the the Sableye matchup still isn't good. Shadow Venusaur is flippable. So I mean, it's it's all right. Yeah, but for Shadow Venusaur, you do also have like Dragonite or your own Umbre- or Umbreon. Umbreon Registeel is a pretty disgustingly good core like if you wanted to you can just go Umbreon, Lickitung, and Registeel and I mean you'd be super weak to Metacham but it is an option yeah we talked about Charmers in the last matchup because we had a Wigglytuff but this time with the Shadow of the Ninetales to me Ninetales is always going to be kind of the, the Charmer of record because you've always got that power snow option so it's it's also one of those toss-ups where what's what's actually looking better as opposed to many of the other charmers that kind of just have a single mode yeah especially with like a lot of the charmers getting access to cheaper quote-unquote charge moves like 
Weather Ball for Alola Ninetales or Disarming Voice for Wigglytuff definitely makes it very... I guess makes the, the Charmers more of like a Swiss Army Knife type of deal. Yeah, and maybe to, to call out your Registeel a little bit more is that's like the firm answer to the Ninetales. Maybe the Defense Deoxys as well with Rock Slide. Yeah, I think... I don't see a reason to put Thunderbolt on Defense Deoxys for this specific matchup. I think Rock Slide definitely was the play on this one. So, so good on Jordan. I don't want to do, <laughs> do the trainer one, two, three thing. So good on Jordan for taking a 2-1 victory over JJN. Overall, I, I do just really like the Shadow Dragonite in Open Great League right now. I, I personally wish I had a little bit better one, but it feels really oppressive. Yeah, it does. Okie dokie. Also, a Shadow Dragonite is definitely oppressive. I I have one, and I've used it. Golly. That's all I'm going to say is golly. In the Open Ultra League, we have Atakazam going up against Lyle Jeff's the third or Lyle Jeff's three. I like the third better. I'm running with it. Atakazam brings Shadow Alone Sandslash, Shadow Gliscor, Regirock, Chrysalia, Verizian, and Galissapod into Altered Form Garatina, Tapufini, Talonflame, Lantern, Toxicroak, and Greedent. I think last time we talked about Lyle, he was playing in Savannah, and it tickles me slightly that both times there's been Greedent on his team. I think Greedent is Lyle's favorite Pokemon. Greedent's pretty good. <laughs> the the, the much buff is no joke. I know, I hate it. Anyway, so in this scenario, the Tabufini has a lot of play into Akazam's team with Tabufini into Gliscor, into Regirock, and... Uh, I don't want to say Verizian because I think you have to land the Moonblast for it to work, and Verizian can outpace the Leaf Blades. Yeah, the, the Leaf Blade damage is significant, and then yeah, the, the pseudo-grass of Cress is, are kind of the two main issues. But for... Uh, no, um, I would say with Verizian, there is the Talon Flame if you know, you're running Sacred Sword Leaf Blade. But if it's Sacred Sword Stone Edge, it's going to be a little bit easier for Tabufini to have play. So in this case, until you knew what moveset Verizian had, Tabufini either had a lot of play or Talonflame had a lot of play. Either way, I think those two mons was the key to victory. And insert Greedent Appreciation post here. And, and no matter which of the three movesets Verizion had, like, Toxicroak is always good into all of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you resist, you resist fighting, and you resist grass, and you resist rock. Fighting does is resisted against rock, right? Yeah. Fighting does resist rock, yes. Okay, yes! <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's three Pokemon over there that don't mind getting hit with counter, so... That's Glissapod. Oh, Chrysalia, that's right. And Glissapod. Yep. I knew Gliscor. 
All right. So congrats to Lyle for taking a 2-1 victory over Atakazam. Master League time? And, and we've got some we haven't talked about. I, oh, yeah, that's true. So we had Frostfire go up against Skeptical Tracer. Frostfire brings Dialga, Gyarados, Mega Slowbro, Florges, Buzzwool, and Incarnate Landorus into Skeptical Tracer's Mega Scizor, Garatina Origin Form, Gyarados, Verizian, Nihilego, and Incarnate Landorus. Where do I begin? <laughs> double, double, double Lando Eye is, is new and different. But there's, there's so much in the front of these teams that is reinforcing the way that the 3-0 went. <laughs> yeah. Mega Scizor is very, very oppressive. It's being being able to hit Slowbro and Florges for super effective damage with either Night Slash, X Scissor, and Iron Head, respectively. Gyarado, I think Gyarados beats Dialga, right? Or is it the other way around? It is okay. Just be like the Dragon Breath is neutral, and then you have to throw crunches. Or I mean, but you resist Dialga's Iron Heads. Yeah, but it's it's actually getting the stab off of the dragon breath as well. So it's it's ah, okay. I it's, see. It's okay. It's not great. Yeah, dragon breath is doing five damage, where Gyarados' dragon breath does three damage. At best, you're getting a crunch debuff. You shield the Draco meteor, and then you just Aqua Tail. That's best case scenario. Anyway, back to this matchup at hand. Yeah, that's that's given they don't just straight iron head which still wins it for them yeah but in this case skeptical traces gyarados being having access to also crunch can threaten mega Slowbro, and aqua tail threatens the incarnate landorus which i don't think does it get access to what's this oh it gets access to rock slide so it would be a little a little on the scary side yeah the Landorus coverage is nice. I wish I had a little bit more XL, even just to make one of the versions. <laughs> because between the two of them, like they obviously do different things. But yeah, just that, that ground and rock coverage is super handy. Yeah. And then Naya Lego was there, but I think it was providing moral support more than anything, or bench pressure for Florges. Same with Verizian. Yeah, I, th- I think the the main the main highlight is Skeptical Tracer had to manage the Dialga and then was kind of home free. And they ha- and Skeptical Tracer definitely had more tools to handle it with Incarnate Landorus, Verizian, Garatina. I will say Garatina Origin form to a point, and Gyarados as well. And that those are my final thoughts on the the Master League Cup. Yeah, if if you're looking just at the front half of the teams, I, I think it's always going to be a little bit tricky to overcome the Mega Caesar because you don't know it's well, you know it's going to run Night Slash to attempt to boost the attack, right? Well, that's also its best tool into the Mega Slowbro. So yeah, huh? I thought it would be the Bug Stab X Scissor. But maybe the, the, the boost chance outweighs it. 
Yeah, and, and that is a good point that for a long time the, the X scissor was kind of just a well it's there <laughs> in case you just either wanted to go straight stab or there wasn't a reason to run Ironhead but now the X scissor is actually a damage dealing move it might change up some thought processes now yeah alright ready to move on to the Aurora field yep. Ew. okay so we have for the Aurora slot, we've got J Mills going up against Caspian Pike. J Mills brings Shadow Alola Ninetales, Chrysalia, Defense Deoxys, Lickitung, Double, and Lorantis into Caspian Pike's Chrysalia, Lickitung, Defense Deoxys, Frostlass, Mandibuzz, and Shadow Alola Ninetales. Frostlass is now 0 5 on losing teams. And this is, at least in the order that we're looking at them, the first win for Copium Northeast. That's, oh yeah, that's right. Dang. Okay, so in this instance, oops, wrong one. Here it is. I like Caspian Pike's thought process with bringing Frostlass because you know Chrysalia, Defensioxus, Metacham, so on and so forth. But at the same time, there's Lickitung, and there's Dubwool. Which I think in this instance, Double was running Body Slam Payback. I don't see a good Wild Charge target other than the Mana Buzz. And to be and fair, he... the, the Double Kicks and the Body Slams are all neutral still. So it's, it's yeah, it's not the worst. What's surprising to me, though, is the Lurantis. Like Yeah, Lurantis is cool. It's a very nice pick. Especially with being able to spam out Leaf Blades... I'm going to say it was probably running... Oh, yeah, it got Leafage this season, right? That was... Or was it last season? Last season? Yeah, when they added it, I think. Okay. I think Fury Cutter might have been... I have a recollection the... of seeing that animation. <laughs> I think Fury Cutter might have been the better play, though, because Chrysalia and Defense Deoxys both really, really, really don't enjoy it. And then Leaf Blade... Probably Leaf Blade Superpower is what I'm thinking. I don't think you can count out X Scissor, just because that at least gives it neutral, and then really can't ever count out Leaf Storm until you've seen both moves because that. Oh, we got Trailblaze this season. I, I guess that's interesting. I don't. I don't know if that's going to compete with what are effectively the two best grass moves in the game. But I mean, there may be a case for it. I do feel the best users of boosting moves in general are those that are or at least have some fast move pressure and Lorantis generally isn't in that category yeah that's fair okay but I mean maybe into DD and Crest like that is something like I, I at least want to look to see if it goes like if it buffs the fast damage at all yeah, that does make sense. You will have nothing but trailblaze. <laughs> show, me, show me the fury cutter damage. Does it do anything? It goes from two to two to two. So, nope. <laughs> That's depressing. Yeah, so even, even if you boost twice, the damage isn't changing. Let's check Chris for funsies. <laughs> for Chris, it does change from 2 to 3. Oh, it does? Yeah. 
So hey, not not a terrible idea depending on on your matchups, I guess. Not a complete but, waste of time. <laughs> but but yeah, do do your homework and obviously, yeah, the Lorantis the the moves are already like hotly competing for slots, so don't hurt your brain. <laughs> I'm going to do my best to not hurt brain. Okay. So that is Aurora Field number one. Now for Aurora Field number two, where we had Wadaj, the Pittsburgh regional champion, go up against Driftblim. Wadaj brought Shadow Alolan Ninetales, Chrysalia, Defense Deoxys, Lickitung, Mandibuzz, and Lantern into Driftbrim's Chrysalia, Lickitung, Alolan, Shadow Alolan Ninetales, Double, Frostlass, and Lantern. I know it says that Driftblim won, but he had Frostlass on the team, so therefore it is a loss in my book. We're going to rechange the mat, the score from 12 to 9 to 11 to 10. Oops. <laughs> but in all seriousness, this is Frostlass's first win side on the winning, being on the winning team. Now, so that's one like, yeah, it's, just, it's like winning with a handicap. <laughs> that's just how good Driftblim is. You don't want them fighting in and play Pokemon tournaments because they would just dominate everything. You, I mean, you are hearing it here though that Brave Nerd believes in Frostlass for Aurorica. Amaze, we got to talk about this like agreement. <laughs> <laughs> how how do you want to handle these battles? <laughs> like I said, we're just talking about them. Okay. So I. Looking at it on paper, I was like, Frostlass actually had a good matchup in this one with Chrysalia, Defense Deoxys, and Manipus on the other side, and then double doing, you know, double things and or the other Lickitung, was what I was looking at at first glance. The games, well, I'll let you, you're better at explaining games than I am. Excuse me. So what do you think how those games played out? see a lot of a lot of the thickness in game one which i mean it is it is aurora like aurora cup and that is what you know 80 to 90 percent of the picks are there because of their bulk and it it shows and i'm seeing some surprising movesets too actually like that really cool call all right what do we got for what we got for game two? We have the disconcerting Discord sounds. <laughs> uh huh. Like I said, those those scared the absolute stuffing out of me. <laughs> and yeah, we we don't talk about it a lot in our callouts, but the lantern getting a ton of mileage from both sides. Yeah. It looks like game two was kind of a little bit of the same with like the ultra, ultra bulky mons coming out. It was just kind of a back and a forth. And then going with game three. Dang. The the best part about this from my perspective is you get you get to actually see where the wins happened. So so you're you get to see that Driftwoman won game one and game two. And to me, that provides a lot of 
what we're missing when we just get the scores, right? Like, obviously, it is above and beyond when we actually get to see battles and we get to see what showed up. But more than that, even just knowing order of the wins, like, outside of the sweeps, which doesn't really matter, obviously. We, <laughs> you know the order because there is no order. Hey, they could have won game zero. You never know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's kind of the cool thing is then you get this adjustment from the opponent for game three and that's what gets them the win and that's really what what i miss from how the battle frontier is set up at least from like our specific perspective specific perspective yeah so yeah definitely good on Good on Driplin for taking a 2-0, but also good job, or congrats to Wadaj for, you know, not for avoiding the 3-0 sweep and coming down to the, looks like very bitter end with, yeah, at the end, I'm at the very end of the game three, but it looks like there was an attempt to catch and then it was able, we were able to, there was an attempt catch and it allowed the the mandibas to farm down at the very end and then have enough energy to knock out the double with an aerial ace point being still very close game yes definitely okay with that savannah time i think it's savannah time yeah let's, let's check it out all right so we had coke panic going up against conky Panic brings Trash Warmerdam, Dunsparce, Polyrath, Roserade, Luxray, and Rufflet. I think game two was also like singular HP at the end. Into <laughs> <laughs> Konki's Buzzwool, Oranguru, Regirock, Roserade, Dunsparce, and Zapdos. Oranguru, enough said. Fine, Oranguru and Regirock. <laughs> we also have our first team, well, full matchup where neither team brought the standard Regirac Polyrath combo where you have Buzzwool substitution on one side and then you get a rufflet oh, I was going to say the Trash Wormadam was the Regirock substitution they wanted to play that Registeel game you know it's really the, the Luxray right where the, the Flyers and the Electrics are kind of competing for a slot a lot of the times and you know they they can overlap in things like Amolga and Zapdos but here they, they branched out and, and took over the rock slot yeah in this scenario like Oranguru is gonna do Oranguru things we know that with Polyrath, Roserade really not liking it uh, and then you know I like you know, I don't think Polyrath really came out to play much. But in this instance, I think it was the Oranguru Regirock core being able to kind of keep the rest of the bench at bay. But once you got rid of the Trash Wormerdam, all bets were off. Let the monkey free and let the monkey do whatever the monkey wants. He will smack you with the, the that fan of his. Yeah, and, and I know we've talked about it on every episode, but... At least in the ones, the, the Polyrath can beat the Uranguru, so it's it's not a given, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, the I think the Polyrath had to show up, though, just to be a Dunsparce answer. 
That's fair. But then like, that kind of opens you up to, like, Oranguru, Rose Raider, Zapdos. Yeah, but you, you need to do something against the Dunsparce. <laughs> uh, the Wormadam at least puts it in farm down range for something else. And the ones and yeah, the this is this is nonsense of Savannah is that a lot of these matchups are very different depending on the shield scenario. Yeah, I'm thinking Savannah's kind of gonna teach trainers how to manage their shields really, really well. Well, and to a certain extent, there have been a lot of metas that you could get away with knowing a couple matchups like in several shield situations and that was kind of the extent of it and this is one that's looking a lot like there's upwards of like 10 Pokemon that you need to know like all of their even shield matchups <laughs> but yeah the, the thing that's sticking out to me here is that the, the Dunsparce on Conky's side is in a, in a position to cause havoc fairly often. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's me for Savannah Cup 1. Yeah, my my whole thought is just monkey goper. That's my thought. But we can go on into the, into the second one where I'm very disappointed to see that no player bought the monkey. Gonna, yeah, you're going to have to come up with a new tagline for the next one. <laughs> Fine. Watch me come up with a tagline. So out of pocket played against Manicarp, and out of pocket brought Trash Warmerdam, Dunsparce, Regirock, Roserade, Amolga, and Buzzwool into Buzzwool, Regirock, Trash Warmerdam, Tropius, Luxray, and Lickitung. Both trainers were so bad because they didn't have the monkey that one of them just said, F it, I'll take the three points. For legal reasons, that is a joke. <laughs> this is gotta be one of the first times we've seen a no polyrath matchup well they they're, I'm not going to say there was a polyrath there was a counter user which I think it, the core is kind of shifting from regirock polyrath to regirock counter user because we are seeing buzzwool and polyrath kind of fill that slot sure sure it's, it's, it's just the core to compare other cores against is is going to be Polyrath Regirock. Yeah, I, I can get behind that. But in this instance, the Emolga. I'm gonna pick on Emolga for a second. Emolga and Dunsparce combination from out of pocket side looked like it did it had a decent time here. Well, and yeah, so the biggest like one of the bigger differences with. Buzzwool over Polyrath is that because of the bug typing, you're neutral to rock. Yeah. <laughs> Which is very interesting, to say the least. A steel that takes neutral damage against rock. The fighter, you mean? Oh, yes, that. I was talking about Trash Warmer Dam for a second. But even then... Also true. <laughs> a broken clock is right twice a day, Jet. That's actually here we, here we are. They were back to back somehow. <laughs> uh, but in all seriousness, on this one, I do like the Dunsparce. Like I said, Dunsparce and Molga looks like it did a lot of work. And then the only thing 
I would say the only thing that out of pocket looked like it really had to take care of quickly was trash warmer dam. Yeah. Like once that was out of the way, ugh, the rest of the team went wild, which I think was the main reason for this 3-0. But that's all I got for this last matchup. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> just because of how these are, are set up, we were ending up talking about how good Dunsparce is a lot, but it is it is a it is a true fact. Yeah, we, we talk about it a lot, but at the same time it's Yeah. We talk about it a lot because it's doing it's putting in a lot of work and I would definitely be ones that I would be remiss if we didn't talk about it. Yeah, it's it's earning it's earning its reputation, I think, and I feel like that's always one of the tricky parts about these custom metas is it's very easy, especially in the first week or two, to be playing hard meta and then try to be creative going at, forward from there and then be reminded why the top meta is the top meta. <laughs> right. And this this could be an example of that. We had we had two teams that were running uh Luxray, which super interesting pick, but I don't I don't think they contributed very well. Yeah, not this week, sadly. Okay. So we move on to the halfway point of full number two, where Rock Paper Slark is going up against the Mighty Thunder Ducks. Opium Northeast is gonna to look to rebound against their loss against the Canadian Shieldon. Decidueye Dynasty Green and Sea Kingpin are squaring off. I predict Sea Kingpin will score at least nine points. And finally, East Caliber takes on Brave Nerds PvP. The Naked Hornet, I have faith in you. Amazed, I equally have faith in you. <laughs> Some more equal than others. <laughs> but with that being said, let's move on into pool number three. Our home pool. So, splish Splash. And speaking of Splish Splash, the top four have Muddy Water at the top, Fearsome Frostlass is second, Northeast Battlers Utter Madness is third, and Phoenix Rising rounds out the top four. In week three, Utter Madness beat Phoenix Rising 13 to 8, Muddy Water beat Evan Stonks 13 to 8, Thunder Fury was able to pull off the upset against Hammerheads 11 to 10, and finally, Fearsome Frostlass pulled off a very impressive upset against Dean Air Don't Care 14 to 7. I was I was gonna throw out that Thunder Fury was finally on the right side of the eleven ten. I did not notice that, but thank you for pointing that out. You know, as a team captain, I'm a little frustrated that we put up eight points against Muddy Water, and then we could only muster seven against Fierce and Frostlass. I'm I'm actually looking forward to seeing how Fierce and Frostlass does through the next four weeks because they've been showing up and playing really consistent and I don't I don't think many people were talking about them but here they are running up the second place right yeah yeah they're, they're second place right now uh, this pool is actually one of the few pools that has only one team with three wins and one team with no wins but it is it is very close between second through fourth place eight wins or eight points separate the these teams. Who are who are we looking at this week? Dude, let's do Thunder Fury and Hammerheads. That they Thunder. were the closest. 
I wonder, is there going to be a, a 3 sweep anyway? Yeah, I found it. Okay, so for Hammerheads, we had 610 Hero and going up, went up against Nighttime Clasher. Hero brought Umbreon, Dragonair, the Shadow Form, Vigoroth, Frostlass, Toxapex, and Swampert into Shadow Alone Sandslash, Metacham, Charizard, Lantern, Lickitung, and Venusaur. The Charizard and Venusaur were Shadow because I forgot. <laughs> good job. To say good job. It. In this instance, however, mm, dude, these teams are pretty even. I would probably have to say that the Swampert on Hero side did a lot of work. I was going to point out the regular over the shadow is also one of the season changes I expected to see more of because one of the biggest reasons for running the shadow was how much better it played into the Noctowl matchup and obviously Noctowl isn't really a thing. So here here we see it taking advantage of the fact that it can it can use that little bit of extra bulk. Yeah. But yeah, it, it still had a couple pretty hard counters there. But yeah, the, the fact that it could it could show up and, and keep at least two of the other shadows honest is uh, good news. That is true. And so I, like in this case, I'm going to call out the Swampert and then I'll be remiss if I actually don't if I don't say it, but it still has to be shouted out. Swampert Frostlass looks really, really good in this against this team because you know Frostlass does have access to the Shadow Ball which can hit Medicham for super effective and stab and then also has Avalanche to be able to hit Venusaur for super effective damage and it looks like from that core the only thing you'd really have to worry about is the Lickitung in which you have Vigoroth with counter to scare the Alone Sandslash and triple resist Lickitung all day and night yeah, about the only pick that I'm seeing on that side that is not having as good a time as the rest is the Toxapex. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you... You, can, you can run it against the Charizard and it's okay into the Lickitung, right? And, like, some some neutral play into Venusaur, but it's it's kind of just... It's kind of all right compared to some of the other matchups that are much more polarized. Polarizing. Yeah. So, in th yeah, it definitely, like, in this instance, I would probably say that these matchups were probably, like, a 1-0, and then 2-1 is what I'm probably going to chalk it up to be because it, it definitely was a, a slugfest. But that's all I have to say for greatly. <laughs> I wonder, yeah, I wonder if uh, Metacham just got out of hand a little bit one of the games, and that's that's where the flip comes from. Yeah, you have to knock out that Metacham, because Metacham is unfortunately really, really oppressive in the Open Great League. Okay, Open Ultra, Ultra League time? time? Ultra yeah. time. Alrighty, so in the Ultra League, we had... Zeralio go up against Uncle Kidda. Zeralio brought Registeel, Shadow Dragonite, Shadow Lone Sandslash, Galissapod, Shadow Charizard, and Galarian Weezing into Registeel, Tapufini, Jellicent, Toxicroak, Shadow Gliscor, and Ampharos. 
Ampharos went burr? Where's where's the asterisk for Ampharos? Didn't I not say Shadow Ampharos? No. <laughs> okay, Shadow Ampharos. It's like, I know, I, I know there were five here, but... Uh... In this case, though, Ampharos definitely looked like it had a field day. It has, it has a lot of play. Volt Switch, for starters, Thunder Punch, Trailblaze. Yeah, there's a total of zero electric resists on the other team so you can you could do really dumb things <laughs> like if you wanted you could even do like thunder punch zap cannon or lean into expecting to get more fast move damage mileage and run the new trailblaze there's still focus blast target in registeel and sandslash so it's it's not out of the question to run something that looks a little bit more conventional but man yeah that is that's tough. okay but Ampharos can't do everything we do also have to shout out its teammates Tapufini, Toxicroak, Registeel, Gliscor like I, I feel yeah and out of those I just listening to the lineup from the the top I expected this to be a oh okay so the other team just out bulked but man to have the to have the electric just go off is a nice surprise and obviously still not the full story because this was only a 2-1 this was not a sweep yeah so they did they did get a response together which which is impressive on its own with how crazy that Ampharos registeel combo looks so yeah impressive impressive win from Zerilio I'd say definitely all right, Master League. Yeah, and that's it's just so that I don't pass out in the middle of <laughs> breaking down. This is yeah. This this is just the way. Is the third matchup? We'll we'll get it. We're gonna be faster, I promise. <laughs> but definitely. So in the Master League, Paradox eighty went up against M- Mumion. Paradox brought Kyogre, Mamoswine, Florges, Genesect, Gyarados, and Garatina Origin form into Mega Abomasnow, Mewtwo, Swampert, Dragonite, and Florges. And Excadrill. Oh yeah, and Excadrill. I missed the Excadrill. How could I? <laughs> the other ground type. <laughs> so, if Genesect had, you know, I know you can't select the drives and it, that makes it harder for us. But I will give my reasonings for why the Genesect that was brought was the burn drive. Oh, that is real spicy. Let's let's hear it. Okay, so excuse me. Okay, so obviously you need something to take out Mega Obama Snow safely. You need something to resist Mewtwo's Psy Strike and Shadow Balls. But with Genesect running Burn Drive, you hit Mega Abomasnow for double super effective damage. You hit Excadrill for neutral damage. And you still put a dent in Mewtwo. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, no, super effective effective damage. (laughs) I I still forget, like, ground is super effective against fire, but fire is not resisted by ground. Like, it's so weird. It's hard for me to wrap my brain around it. Okay, so you're okay, so you're hitting super effective damage on Excadrill with, you know, burn drive. And then you're still putting a dent in Mewtwo and Florges. Like I Well, and the 
the drive doesn't matter as much against those two. Like you have other moves that are already super effective just based on your typing, and that's also true just into Mega Obama Snow, right? Like either Steel or Bug are already super effective. Yeah, but other than that, like I'm not seeing a a very what's the word a very consistent counter into Mega Obama Snow. That that's my reasoning for the Genesect Head Burn Drive. And apologies if, if I've said this one too many times, but my hat is totally off to all of the Master League specialists that are willing to go for multiple drive Genesects in the first place. Like, it's just so much XL candy. Yeah, like those I, whales I, I know be whaling. I know it's a fairly easy duo and all, but that's still a lot of raids. And anytime it's not the electric or the like primarily the ice drive man that is just that is dedication but yeah i I think you i think you made a good call out the mammoth swine is one i want to look at just because like it's sort of a weird situation where they're both neutral to ice (laughs) where it's like a little bit of what we'll call this a slug vest also where i wish I was more familiar with like their comparative bulk I guess so the one no. thing the one thing you could do is potentially run the stone edge on mammoth swine like you give up the ground move into exudrill but there's nothing else that it matters for and then you can actually hit it super effective but I mean high, high horsepower is nice I mean the sims are telling it to to go straight avalanche so you really don't need what's it called you really don't need to have stone edge on it for the extra coverage i think i think that's your only shot though is you need to be one powder snow ahead and then yeah for on the abomaso side they have to get the bait they have to get the energy ball landed but i think the stone edge is the only thing that's like actually threatening if you if you wanted to at least like have some lethal potential that wasn't just have shield advantage and 100 energy which is kind of unreasonable yeah well okay so but yeah the the mega bonus note looks difficult to play around to say to say the least yeah, that's why like, I don't think that there was enough checks for it, which is why Mumion was able to take the 2-1 victory here. And then, yeah, especially if you're expecting the Genesect to show up, I feel like that makes your life a little bit easier. And yes, it will very much depend which version of the Genesect it is. And if you're really, really spicy, you put Flamethrower on Mewtwo. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I mean, it doesn't seem that reasonable. Well, Genesect and Mamoswine both hate Flamethrower, and Mewtwo already has really, really high attack. Yeah, so you're do you, already, you're already do you forego the Psy Strike? Anyway. Yeah, do you forego the Psy Strike in favor of... Oh, sorry, forego the Shadow Ball in favor of it? Because you already have Mega Obama Snow, Dragonite, and Florges for that Garatina. The meme ended up actually provoking thought. <laughs> Yeah, the, the fire goes both ways. <laughs> Let's look at Aurora. Yes. 
And so we had QNew35 go up against Derek C44. QNew brings Chrysalia, Lickitung, Lantern, Double, Alolan Ninetales, and Mandibuzz into Shadow Alolan Ninetales, Chrysalia, Lickitung, Lantern, Medicham, and Frostlass. Oh, man. Frostlass is now 1 in 6 in terms of winning. But I mean, don't, don't look too far ahead. Shut up. <laughs> that is a heathen name and on a heathen team we'll get to that in a second but this 3-0 looks like it was pretty I mean I'm going to say that QNU just had Derek's number for most of it because the only way that you can be able to the only difference was double Mandibuzz and Metachamp Frostlass oh yeah and the shadows but Shadow Charm and Regular Charm kind of does the same it would still be out of 500. Well, yeah, at least into each other. The, I guess, quote-unquote surprising thing is that you had a Metacham come out on the losing side despite having what 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 I would call, like, one of the best possible Metacham, like, lineups. Yeah. It's like, you, you if you can't... I mean, okay. I know the I know the Lickitung is not like a gimme or anything like that. But as far as as far as this cup goes, I think Medi's been in a little bit of a weird spot just because so many of the things that you bring it to play against, i.e., Lickitung, like you have to go down a shield to win. Uh, the double is a little bit better. The lantern is okay. The Mandibuzz is not what it used to be because the aerial aces are showing up quite a bit faster. Yeah. And it seems like every other Pokemon is out to get Metacham specifically, so... Yeah, that's fair. But I don't want to spend too much time on a sweep. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, well, especially in Aurora, I feel if you encounter someone who's playing in a way you didn't expect, like that can already snowball really quickly and is hard to get a ton of insight on from the outside but yeah we can definitely we can we can, we can roll onward <laughs> all righty so for the second aurora matchup we had ace trainer paul go up against hawaiian pizza i don't want to talk about this matchup anymore pineapple does not belong on a pizza and i will die on this hill anyway alone ace... and without a hawaiian pizza <laughs> You know, so on that note, somebody actually got me and I did not have an answer when they said, bro, you're from Iowa. You guys think taco pizzas are a thing. And I say, no, I just live in Iowa and I don't think they're a thing. I think they're dumb and they're stupid and I hate them. It defeats the purpose of a taco. You need a tortilla to go on the taco, to fold it up, to eat it like a freaking taco. Burritos are just tacos for messy people. There, I said it. Anyway. I told you we were going to get off on some tangents and I was going to start ranting. <laughs> we were going to start ranting about stupid stuff. But anyway, Ace Trainer Paul brought Chrysalia, Lickitung, Lantern, Alolan Ninetales, Medicham, and Mandibuzz into Lickitung, Medicham, Shadow Alolan Ninetales, Meganium, Lantern, and Frostlass. Frostlass is now 2-6 and six on in terms of fighting in the Aurora Cup for one we're able to see. We have, yeah, and we have the, the script flip here with Meganium in the Cresselia slot, even against Mandibuzz, which riddle, riddle me that one, Taco. 
Okay, I'll do my best. So, Meganium was like taking care of business with Chrysalia. And then they're like, OMG, Mandibuzz comes out. Whatever shall I do? And it's like, oh, go Frostlass or go Lantern if, you know, the Lantern wasn't on the other side. I think in this instance itself, Mandibuzz probably got baited out more often than not and got punished with a Shadow Alone, Ninetales, Lantern, or Frostlass to say, hi, I'm here to I'm here to ruin your day. I feel like specifically the Frostlass Mandibuzz matchup is one I should probably fresh like get a refresher on it for my brain. It's like now that it's oh yeah, wow. That's down to like single HP now in the one shield. That's insane. Jeez Louise. Big big Mandy win in the two shield. Okay. Alright. And that's yeah, that's assuming Dark Pulse and you get the get the bait. And then even if you don't, yeah, foul play still takes it down pretty close, but it looks like that's what you need like you need the Dark Pulse for the two shield to secure it, but it's still <laughs> it's in like the single HP range otherwise. And now we've now we've done our homework officially. <laughs> yeah. But in this instance, it's time to go to Savannah. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, congrats to the Lion Pizza for taking a 2-1, even though I absolutely despise your name and I absolutely despise the fact that you have Frostlass on your team. Well, I feel like we we kinda have to assume the hero though is the the Meganium. Like that's that's the thing that's the crazy call, but I, I feel like it's it's doing enough, as especially if someone's willing to give up Cresselia for it. Yeah. That does make sense. Or that makes sense as well. Oh, man. <laughs> I just saw the Savannah Cup matchup. There's a new grass child in town. Oh, no. Mm. All right, let's do this. So, we had Maysera go up against C-Dubs. Maysera brings Regirock, Abomasnow, Dunsparce, Trevenant, Polyrath, and Zapdos into Polyrath, Chargebug, before the Community Day move, Wormadam, Trash, Roserade, Dunsparce, and Regirock. So I know some of you are probably thinking, Taco, how do you know the Charger Bug didn't have Volt Switch? Well, my dear trainer, there was an announcement that said if there's a community day that falls during the week of the bout, the community day move is banned for that week. Starting next week, you're able to use the community day move. So in this instance, Charger Bug had to have Run Spark or Bug Bite. If it ran Volt Switch, it was a one-game loss to Maysera. So that's how I know that it was running either Spark or Bug Bite, but it wasn't running Volt Switch. Anyway, so with that out of the way, you know, I'm going to hate to sound like a broken record, Jet. Roserade went burr. I mean, we can we can full broken record this and say Dunsparce and Roserade. <laughs> Dunsparce and Roserade went burr. Well, C-Dubs also had the, the the luxury of having two cores with Regirock Polyrath, Dunsparce Roserade, and had two Mons backing up both of them really, really well. I'm also going to look up what some of these look like with Spark Charger Bug. Okay, you get full outpaced by Roserade. Not super surprising. Dunsparce, also bad. Are you putting Bullet Seed? Oh, wait. Sorry. Bullet Seed or Poison Jab? The default is Poison Jab. 
But I'm I'm mostly just looking at the Spark version. For uh, the, I'm looking uh... at. So yeah, you pick up kind of what I think of as obvious wins <laughs> with the uh, Polyrath and. Were they even playing a Buzzwill in this one? No. Okay. No. So maybe more surprising one is the Zapdos if you're running. Well, I don't think it matters. If you like either Discharge or Grunge, you're probably fine. But that one strikes me as a little bit odd, but good to know in general. And the Obama Snow is like down to single HP. Mm. Yeah, that does make sense there. Alrighty, so congrats to Cedos for taking a 2-1 victory. But Becerra, you had the Regirock Polyrath core and a double... I like the Obama Snow bring. It's a nice take. Unfortunately, I don't think there was a lot of play with it this week. But keep it keep it in the in the reserves. You might I never guess, know when you'll need it. I guess I'm curious what they were bringing the Obama Snow for specifically. Regirock? <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. Or Charge a Bug? I guess it. I guess it takes a soft win. Like, I don't know. It's it's always gonna be weird unless you're looking at the electric types that can't hit you for super effective or like the tyrant i guess yeah you do outpace the rose raid but that one is probably have to yeah yeah so it's yeah you're only winning the one shield so it's it's again one of those that you win the ones would lose the zero so you have to know that I won, but at what cost? Yeah, my new so name is Pyrrhus. It's it's yeah. I don't yeah. I don't know if we'll see a ton of a bomb snow, especially since Charger Bug does have the X Scissor, so it's it's gonna be extra punishing. But yeah, we'll 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 see we'll see. <laughs> All right, in the very last Savannah match, we have New Archaic versus Y Haley. New Archaic brought Zapdos, Tyrant, Oranguru, Tropius, Escavalier, and Dunsparce into Y. Haley's Polyrath, Emolga, Dunsparce, Superior, Trash, Warmerdam, and Blaziken. Why, Haley? Why did you bring Monkey's Reign of Terror to an end? But in all not seriousness, only, I'm... Not only that, but you did it with Double Fighter, which is cool. Yeah, that's more impressive. That is a very impressive, actually. But if we're looking, Trash Wormadam, uh, actually, Superior probably has the best matchup into a Ranguru. Or Trash Wormadam. I think maybe Superior, because if they decide to bring Tyrant, Superior can be like, er, Frenzy Plant. And just, you know, have some fun. Maybe Dunsparce too, but you have to watch out for the S Cavalier. Ugh, I don't like this. <laughs> Yeah, well, and it's it's still, like again impressive because Superior is playing into double flyers and a bug steal here. Yeah, why Haley is this so impressive? Tell me your secrets. Actually, don't because we're in the we're in the same pool, but and playing. <laughs> That's true, but we're in the same pool more than anything. In, in this I mean, instance, though. Yeah, they're 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 fair to tell us by the time the bout is over. Yeah. 
Mm, would fire? No, counter Blaziken definitely counter counter Blaziken with Blaze Kick. Jeez, Louise, I'm having a hard time saying it. Definitely had some play here with S Cavalier and Dunsparce, and I would not be remiss with Blaziken because if it using counter type, it would be doing neutral damage into a Ranguru because of a Ranguru's normal subtyping, or is yeah. it, or is it normal type psychic subtyping? Whatever. I I never subscribed That's... to that method of thinking of Pokemon. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Whenever I see a dual tape, I'm like... Because primary doesn't actually do anything different, where if it did, I feel like I would have to actually care, but yeah. What if that is the gimmick of Gen 10, where they introduce primary typing and secondary typing, and like primary typing, the stab, instead of it being 1.5 multiplier, it's 1.75 multiplier, and the secondary is a 1.25 multiplier. If they're just doing more damage and not taking different amounts of damage, like, I feel like it's okay. <laughs> okay, and vice versa, you know. No, that's over the line. It's not allowed. Oh. <laughs> Look, we had we had the Megas. We had the Z-Moot, the, the cheerleading dance. We had the, the Kaiju mechanic. And now we're having the Crystal Hat mechanic where they change typings. What is left? I do want to say before, like we're completely off of it, is I I do like Polyrath here. I think I think Polyrath was part of the solution. Ice Punch Polyrath definitely put in some work here, and I think as long as you keep Amolga away from High Rent, like that can also be helpful. Like obviously, it's not great into Dunsparce, but that's yeah, what Polyrath it's, it's, is for. Yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting matchup. Yeah. Okay. So that is the final Savannah wrap up. And now it's time for week four, where Utter Madness is going up against Muddy Water. Will Utter Madness put an end to Muddy Water's three game winning streak? Who knows? Hammerheads gets to take on Phoenix Rising. And once again, Hammerheads will be looking for their first win. Fearsome Frostlass is going up against Evan Stonks. If Evan Stonks beats Fearsome Frostlass, Fearsome Frostlass beat us, and we beat Evan Stonks, who's the better team? I think we'll find out. Means, I think it just means we're in the right pool. <laughs> and then finally, Diener Don't Care is going to be looked to rebound against its uh, upset against the Thunder Fury, a team that you know definitely is poised to have its first breakout game. I just hope it's not against us. Let's let's let's. Let's aim for it not being an 11-10, no matter what. How about that? Look, we just got to score at least 12 points. We're not going to go for 11. We're going straight for 12. For for everyone's sanity. Yeah. Because we've, we've both been there. But okay, so with the first, with pools 1, 2, and 3 done our deep dive, wrap-up, and previews with special recognition for pools 4, 5, and 6... We're going to take a quick commercial break, but we'll be right back after these messages. Hello, this is Professor Elm, and I'm in a bit of a predicament. I was wondering if there were any eccentric trainers who would be willing to make a delivery of some sorts. You see, Mr. Pokemon, just outside Cherry Grove City, has informed me that he has a very rare Pokemon egg that would be great for my research. He even has some company in, the famous Pokemon Professor Oak. 
If you are able to, but do not have any Pokemon, no worries. I have three Pokemon that would be just beautiful for the adventure over there. Unfortunately, you can only choose one Pokemon. They are Chikorita, Cyndaquil, or Totodile. These three Pokemon, one of these three Pokemon, will help you in case you get tangled in the weeds and have to fight off against some Rattatas or Sentrits. I really hope that you guys, I really hope that somebody can pick up this delivery soon as Pokemon eggs are vital to my research. Did I mention I was Professor Elm? Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that little commercial because I know I did. Is it just me or are the commercials getting spicier again? Maybe. <laughs> it just depends on which one I'm going to throw in there. So, a couple of <laughs> housekeeping things. Spicy milk. <laughs> so, a couple of housekeeping things before we get into the second half of the show. This podcast is powered by these patrons that help support the show for as little as a dollar. However, if you don't wish to donate, that is also okay. Just give us a follow and a rating to get your podcast. Currently, we're on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, and Google. I think that's like the biggest one that everyone kind of listens to at this point. Kind of the place to be for podcasts. Yeah, I, I found out the other day that someone messaged me that they listened on Google, and I said... I'll be very honest, I remember setting it up and forgetting about it. And every like three months I'll get an email from Google saying, Listen to your podcast listen to your podcast from Google. And it has like four or five. But to those four or five listening, thank you. Secondly, the Discord link is also in the show notes down below. Accept the rules and just come out and have a good time. You'll see things from teams bantering against each other to very riveting debates, such as Is Unovan Stunfisk a mud boy? No, that's not the community question for this week. I feel like I gotta say that before I forget. And then finally, the amazing <laughs> music that, finally, the amazing music that you hear every week is compliments of a very, very great video game composer by the name of Zame on YouTube. I have also taken the liberty of linking their YouTube page down at the, down also in the show notes, and he also does have 30-minute extended renditions of his of his video game composition. So it's a very, very great thing. A lot of it's Pokemon-based. Sometimes he does original work. But his original work is just as good as his Pokemon stuff. So, with that out of the way, it is now time for our... Actually, no, before I forget, we do have to shout out the patrons. I can't forget them. I wasn't sure if I just missed that or if it hadn't happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'll know how to start the second part of this episode eventually. But we do want to take this time to thank our amazing Patreons. Thanks, Obama, ZT Smith, and Sotiri. Their amazing contributions helped keep... Should we say formerly known as Thanks, Obama? Oh, for... he changed his name? That's that's what I thought. When did he change the name? I mean, I guess that is still... If it's still like the patreon name then it is what it is but yeah yeah it, it, it says that i was gonna say on our it says that name is still thanks obama so i'm gonna stick with thanks obama until i'm corrected <laughs> the, the line that i saw was there was a strong recommendation to change it before competing in another regional event <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, unfortunately, a lot of trainers, a number of trainers, had to change their name because Play Pokemon updated their guidelines to certain things. Although my name, Taco Dog, was considered inappropriate on the Pokemon website, but it's not considered appropriate for Play Pokemon. So, not win, win, win. Yeah, not inappropriate. Which is weird. Wait. <laughs> No, so on the on the on the original Pokemon website, it was considered inappropriate. I still don't know why. On the Play Pokemon side, it's not considered inappropriate. It's okay. It's legal. That's what I'm gonna say. One side lets it be. The other side makes me change it. I'm just gonna throw my hands up and say, meh. But now everybody, when they look at the leaderboards, they'll be able to find me. They'll find my real name. Oh no. Gasp. That's okay. Now where was I? Oh yes, the community engagement section. So what last was our week, question last week. <laughs> so last week we I asked the question, or we asked the question, how do you feel about single tight cups lasting longer than a week? We had one answer from Discord, and apparently it was so good, everyone on the Discord agreed with it, or just didn't want to didn't want to try to detract from it. So our one answer is from a talking Pikachu, and he says. I think it was a good idea to run limited cups for two weeks in this rotation, but they should never have made single tight cups part of the season. It is the worst way they could have possibly done it. I think that instead of running the open league, open leagues for one week, they should also they should also be two weeks, but the rotation should offset be offset from the limited cups. And he gave an example like week one open great league special cup A, week two open ultra league special cup A, week three open ultra league special cup B. And so on and so forth. So it's just like kind of offsetting a week, which honestly, it's kind of hard to find a specialty cup like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not finding. I can see why nobody else wanted to add or subtract to that because that's a pretty airtight idea. It's it's nice to actually have options that include most people most of the time, <laughs> as opposed to when they were doing special cups that also were like ultra league versions it was like mm, that's i feel like that's kind of defeating the purpose of having the special cups in the first place but yeah i just i want to take a second to appreciate the just presentation of this answer it was it was just so good <laughs> yeah i can understand why nobody else wanted to comment after that because like i said air tight argument which is great so that was our only response that we had last week, which, you know, we're still going to read it aloud and excellent for a talking Pikachu to give us something else to, to think about. So that's going to bring us on to our community engagement section this week, to which we ask, so Jet, we are at the halfway point of the pool part of the pool party. That's what I'm going to call it now. The pool party. Yeah, the pool party. So we're at the halfway point of the pool party in the Battle Frontier. We're all laughing, having a good time. But I got to ask you, which Battle Frontier team is surprising you the most? Be it good or bad? Out of everyone? Out of everyone. I feel like my immediate answers, running the risk of stealing answers. I'm looking for something else. <laughs> Just say what's on your mind. It's okay. Because you're not going to steal my answer. I'm, well, okay. So just, just the fact that both Barktown and Hoosier are like up there on battling it out for top five overall is, is just so fun. 
Yeah, absolutely. I kind of had pegged Bartown to be like in the middle of the pack going up against the high, like I would say high scoring teams and like the stronger teams, quote unquote, in the pool. So I kind of pegged them to finish in the bottom 32. But, you know, my hats go off to them for three weeks and they're still at the top. But now, like we said last time out, the real challenge or yeah, the real challenge begins because the gauntlet is diamond team, platinum team, gold team, you know, they'll be tested this week. Just just a classic prove it scenario. Yeah, I do. I'm not going to give or I'm not going to just say, oh, you stole my answer for Hoosier. But yeah, Hoosier Dad is definitely another one of those teams that's super surprising, especially in pool six. That that upset kind of put them on the map. And I I can't wait to see how far they go. I mean, it's, it's not like it like literally put them on the map, but it definitely got everyone's attention, right? Definitely. Although for me, I'm gonna pick my like my surprising team as backstage battlers. This was a team I thought was gonna finish either fourth place or fifth place overall, and so far they're showing me that you know I'm eating my words right now with them being at the top with with Lucky Mucks, who I haven't really seen a lot of, or I hadn't really heard a lot of them and their performance, but these two teams for Pool 4, I definitely did not think would be at the top. So I'm going to be very wholesome in, in my answer for this one. I'm not choosing violence for disappointing teams. <laughs> I mean, like I feel like we've poked at the teams that hopefully need to be poked at, and... And, and like the the other team, I feel like that is on that list for us just by implication, and uh, maybe we we need to just say it out loud is is fierce and frostless, right? Yeah, I was trying not to talk about that team. <laughs> <laughs> the the I, amount of flack that Soteri was giving me, and just saying like, you know, our bet like exists if frostless wins. And somebody pointed out it's not a Dean Air Frost last meta, so our bet is null and void until then. I did see that they dropped a line. I think it was in Palatown that they have they have a spot open, so someone someone could cruise on in there. Yeah, just not during the middle of the season, but in January when Cycle Two starts up. By the way, plans for Cycle Two are starting in January. Have fun with that information. Cool, 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 cool. But it gives us a nice, good, you know, break for a turnaround. So on that note, however, you know, teams are going to be good. I'm excited for the future of Battle Frontier. And we've got some we've got some news cooking in the works that I'm not going to say out loud yet. But when we have when we, everything's ready, <laughs> y'all will know. <laughs> there, there's going to be news about news. News with news with news and news. Okay. On that note, it's time for our Play Pokemon segment. And my goodness. First, we're going to get the local stuff out of the way. The League Challenges for Cedar Rapids, Iowa, have through December, have been announced. I'm not going to go over it because I don't have the chart right in front of me. In the in the Iowa City locals, they had their first League Cup on, on the 24th of September. And I was able to take second place... <laughs> I was able to take second place, but I ended up losing to a TCG player who was one of the top four top four finishers in Pittsburgh. So I'm I'm taking that for what it's worth. And yeah, he just outplayed me. But he was really, really good. 
Oh snap! There's a league cup tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> for for your local? Yeah. Oh well, good luck. I hope you I hope you head out there and and take take the gold. Is it going to be the one that I said was in your area, or was it a different one? No, it's so it's the one that I had seen they were doing TCG, and apparently someone got them to add the the go because now there's league cup and a league challenge next month woo dude that's that's super awesome like proud (laughs) of that literally a mile away from my house (laughs) (laughs) dang right in your backyard yeah Uh, and that's yeah that's super like i don't know if i can make tomorrow happen but yeah well hey the point is is that it's right there you can go in smack some locals around get some trading cards and and you know restart that crippling addiction i mean hobby that is collecting pokemon <laughs> tcg cards more more than anything i probably have to like go back and remember all my play pokemon login information yeah good luck with that <laughs> it is a process but i mean once again con- congratulations on your your second place finish and accruing your fistful of championship points yeah so second place takes home took home 40 points and i am now sitting at 87 points which is good enough for 20 or was good enough for 25th on the leaderboards as of wednesday september the 27th my brother likes to poke fun and say i'm actually 26 but 26 had 85 points so suck it burrito (laughs) suck it burrito But, you know, it, I was very happy to be on the, the front page of the leaderboards, even if it's for like a hot second. I'm going to use October's, I'm going to use the momentum in October to try to win Iowa City's League Challenge and Cedar Rapids League Challenge to take home 30 more points. Do, do you have any, any insights for how the, the meta is shaping up with our, our new season? Honestly, there's a lot less Stunfisk, and there is. Yeah, there's honestly there's a lot less stunfist. There's a little Metachamp's kind of still in the same boat, and then not really seeing. I haven't seen knocked out like at all. Lantern's still a threat. Carbink is. I've faced one whole Carbink out of all the tournaments that it's been legal for the last six weeks, and then yeah, that's about all I got. Um, Superior exists. <laughs> Pelipper's there. It this is one of the more healthier metas. It's not very rock paper scissors like, and for that, I have to give credit where credit is due with Niantic. When it works, this meta is great. When there's no bugs or glitches or anything. When it doesn't, well, this is the absolute worst thing in the world, and I wish that you know the game worked properly. Tiny, tiny asterisk on that one. <laughs> yeah, but. Next week, October 6th, 7th, and 8th, there's going to be a Play Pokemon Regional in Peoria, Illinois, where myself my te- and the teammates Zimmy and Shervine are going to be headed there competing. So wish us luck. And like, I hope to say hi. I hope to, you know, if, you're, if you listen to the podcast and you're headed out there, come on up and say hi, because I will only know screen names. If you say like, hey, Taco, I will be the one to turn around and say, what's up? If you just say hi, I'm going to be like, hi. And then I'll probably be like super quiet because I'm very bashful in public. (laughs) 
as well as my my little brother is gonna be out there. He's gonna be like, gonna be like the Pokemon dad, making sure we're all hydrated, making sure that we're eating between rounds if we can, and he's gonna be taking in the sights. It'll be his very first tournament that he's going to spectate. But he almost registered to compete, and that was that was a, a nutshell fun time. He texts me, "Oh, I can't." I can't register. It's like, what do you mean register? You're going for the spectator pass. Send me what you got on your screen. He's got the the page pulled up. It's $55. And I go, no, 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 no. The spectator pass is $22. Like, what are you doing? It's so confusing. I almost wanted him to compete. That way, if we ever faced up against each other, it would have been a free win. But that wouldn't be nice. So I'll be headed out Friday night, right after work. Drive down pick up my stuff and then check into the hotel and I'll be there throughout championship Sunday. I'm going to be renewing my rivalry with Philo or excuse me, Philo. I don't remember how to say it. He said how to pronounce it once. This is a but common I'm problem. <laughs> <laughs> renewing my rivalry with him. And we've already, there was like a little bit of smack talking on Twitter and that that's it. But in all seriousness, if we end up facing each other, I really hope it's just as electrifying as our first match and it was on stream again and it's streamed again. So far there is there from the last time I looked at it, which is yesterday, there were 82 participants. So about the same as Milwaukee. Also, I need to correct myself. I got excited when I saw the um, challenge logos like I thought that was the Pokemon Go thing, but it's it's just for TCG still. Ah. Uh. Well, you can still message them. Be like, hey, you do go. Hey, <laughs> do a go thing. <laughs> I'm sure if you message the... If, I'm sure if the TCG folks are like there, you can scrape three other people because you only need four for it to fire off. So, But, you know, we'll get you We'll get you on the on the leaderboard. <laughs> or not on the leaderboard. Well, but we'll no, get you doing yours. No, no, I'm extra glad that I didn't accidentally show up tomorrow. Alrighty, so that is our play Pokemon segment out of the way. It is now time for the salsa bar. We're in a very, very, very rare case. Jet is going to lead us off on the salsa bar. Luckily, it's not anything too earth shattering. It just felt really silly after we had our full year of podcasts. (laughs) And I figured out when I was setting my mic up when I was in Canada that I had been orienting it improperly (laughs) where apparently if you're using the directional function on the yeti that you don't actually want to point the mic at you but just stand it up (laughs) so it's not too bad yeah well despite like trying to be how, how do i say this keep things organized like on on the desk and whatever and just like have chords going the right directions like if if there is any sound difference in the last few episodes like that's that's why (laughs) interesting you know i keep my microphone like at about like a 30 degree angle tilted like when it's standing like standing vertically i just have it tilt back like 30 degrees and i think it's gone pretty well all things considered yeah so like either way if you (laughs) change the setting to just be omnidirectional then it doesn't matter but on the directional setting 
Not, not that'll do it. To, not supposed to eat the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite phrase. Well, at least now we know going forward, so we can make even better content on our podcast. Yeah, well, and and hopefully can help someone else. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so did, it's did now you, time for. Did you GBL this week? I did GBL this week. So I did not stream last week because I was prepping for. <laughs> it was community day, and I was prepping for the, what's it called, the League Cup on Sunday. So I really playing all of my, and lesson learned from last from the Continentals. When I did eight straight hours of battling, took like a half hour break, and then did twenty five more battles. I was tired. I didn't want to do that again. So I kind of did GBL a little bit on the side. And I have climbed to a respectable, after, you know, falling the last couple of weeks, I have climbed to a respectable 23-29. Still ace, though. That's about where I was when I switched over to using a version of Zumi's team. And that's what got me to vet just right, right as Open Great League was ending. Oh, that's right. Was, the Sunshine Cup started. Yeah, I was I was trying to make Shadow Alola and Marowak work, and like not run Metacham behind it. <laughs> it was <laughs> like I ran it. I think the one other Shadow Alola and Marowak I ran into had like I want to say Carbink Medicham or something. Where it's like, okay, well they could have had any third Pokemon. It's like not really showcasing Marowak, but. I did that, and I think the best version of that team that I found was leading the Marowak, and I had Greedent and Shadow Ampharos. Oh, so I was I was having fun, but I was kind of just ping ponging right around that twenty three hundred range. Hmm. Well, I'm so glad that you're able to make veteran. So, congrats to you! Yay. But speaking of the GBL progress, I have to shout out this achievement by our one, by our very own Moist Donut. The, like an absolute mad lad, he makes Leveny work during the Open Great League. Yeah, taking taking advantage of all those Azu teams. I was, I even asked him like, dude, how do you make it work? And he showed me how to make it work. I couldn't, I still couldn't get it to work for me. And then I don't know if we <laughs> shouted this out last time, but Shervine was on the leaderboards for a little bit. During the Psychic Cup. And Lord Oman. And yes, and Lord Oman. He just posted it and he just put it in our in our team chat. And I was like, ah, oh, I'm gonna forget about this. But super congrats casual to you, leaderboard. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. I hope I'm glad he's doing well too. So that is our GBL progress. Plan to stream this weekend. Oh wait, speaking I forgot to I'm gonna backtrack a little bit in the play Pokemon segment. Gasp. Palatown PvP has started doing practice open Great League tournaments on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That You just have to have an account on Challenge, be in that Discord. And yeah, that's about it. And then compete. I will be helping TO a little bit so I can kind of understand like what to do. And then eventually attempt to pass the Pokemon Professor test. And hopefully I'll get to be a go judge. And that definitely helps more tournaments happen. Yeah, absolutely. It's like there's another game shop. It's in North Liberty, which is like 
eight-ish miles from where I live. I can do it on a bike, but I want to like host a tournament out there. I think it'd be pretty neat. And also, it's not because the older crowd has been complaining to me nonstop about, why do we have to have the tournament on a Tuesday? Look, it's what the game shop had set aside for them. I don't make the rules, I just enforce them. Literally this time, not like as a joke either. Well, and it's just like when it's something that's entirely by invitation, then it's like you you take what you can get. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, they're not charging. The business obviously can charge, but they choose not to, so... Yeah, but that's all I have for, (laughs) but that's all I have for my GBL progress this week. And like you said, yours too. Yeah, are are you gonna put a sunshine team together? I saw Tho had a uh, a flygon team that he recommended. (gasps) Be still, my beating heart. No, I'm I'm planning. I'm not gonna say flygon doesn't help me climb, but I am gonna say with the amount of normal types and flyers running around, I don't know if flygon will be super super good yet but i need to put a team together i kind of plan to do like pidgeot and vigoroth because that core seemed to help out a little bit it's it's like yeah hands down the two best pokemon i think (laughs) you could you could round it out and bring the steelix and then you'd really have all of the top three i could but then i'd be a meta slave all right triple normal it is all right, let's do it. Wait, does Pidgeot count as that? I mean, yeah. it is part normal type. Okay, good. Yeah. But okay, so that is a show, Jet. Once again, we did it. <laughs> Yay! Despite our best efforts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some days it feels like we're fighting. We're fighting, making an episode. It's great. <laughs> I love it. But, you know... Oh, wait, I do have to shout. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the Midwestern part and say, oh, wait, but there's more. You know, like Billy channeling my inner <laughs> Billy Mays. I want... All right, I'm going to get serious for a second. Billy Mays. I want to take this time to thank each and every one of y'all for listening for, you know, however long you've listened to. Thanks to everybody listening. This past, I want to say Monday or Tuesday we passed 2000 plays over the lifetime of this podcast and i am absolutely blown away by the amount of support that y'all have shown this whole year honestly you know when we first started we were kind of getting our footing to the the breaks that we took because life got in the way and then even when self shut down and we found a new home at the battle frontier it's 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 amazing and I, I really love it. And I I think I can't say thank you enough because I'm gonna sound like a broken record, but I, I appreciate everything that y'all have done for us and we really hope that this podcast continues as long as we're able to and as long as y'all enjoy it. It kinda brings brings a smile on my face and it kinda makes my day when someone messages me like, Hey Taco or even I see it when they tag Jet too, it's like, You guys did an amazing job this week. I especially liked when you did a deep dive into this matchup because I couldn't solve it for the life of me and it just made it a little bit easier and I was like oh that 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 helps my that like that puts a smile on my face because one trainer got better and now kind of understands a Pokemon a little bit better that we kind of took the time to break down and so thank you yeah obviously we wouldn't be here without the interview guests as well like they have been 
amazing just like every single time and yeah the little interactions also make it worth it with everyone in the discord and all of the opponents that i've played just between battle frontier and still during self who would say something about having heard the podcast is it's really fun and i'm, I'm glad that uh, we we do have a new home and that we can just keep following the battles absolutely so on this one or this sign off i'm not really gonna i'm gonna do my best not to choose violence because we're ending on a wholesome note so i just want to say to everybody back at home always remember keep your dragon fangs sharp do your best out there y'all make your teams proud every single week that you play best of luck to everyone in peoria and until next time we will see you all in our next episode and I hope you're getting the XLs that you need this week.